here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Match of the Month is underway at Voices of Wrestling. This is your chance to make your voice heard on the best matches of October. Get to VoicesOfWrestling.com today to vote. Also on the website right now are this week's TV reviews, from Raw and SmackDown to Impact Wrestling and ROH. Get your TV reviews at VoicesOfWrestling.com. You can subscribe to the VOW Podcast Network on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Downcast, and more. Visit the website for links to brand new flagship podcasts, the New Japan Pearlcast, and Shake Them Ropes. If you're shopping on Amazon this holiday season, consider helping out the website at no extra cost to you by shopping through our Amazon affiliate link. The link can be found at VoicesOfWrestling.com slash Amazon. It'll take you to the website where you can shop just like normal, but help out the website at the same time. WWE Shop has brand new shirts from Alberto Del Rio, Kevin Owens, Brock Lesnar, Finn Balor, and more. Plus, right now at VoicesOfWrestling.com slash WWE Shop, save 30% on all sweatshirts, hoodies, and long-sleeve tees. That's VoicesOfWrestling.com slash WWE Shop. Enjoy the podcast. And we'll see you back at VoicesOfWrestling.com. Do I have everybody's attention now? Just thinking about this match, and I'm standing and pacing in my bed. He's just Makazi now. He's not okay, so so Makazi. He's not a kid anymore. He's, he's, he's a, a boy. He's a man. He's a man. Man Makazi. Are you ready? He got PWS superstar Brian Buck, <laughs> and he was gone in two In go Bernalis. In Bernalis. In go Bernalis. You're missing a B there, but that's. There's a B? This is what I'm talking about. These letters don't go together. Oh, you're having a wank, are you? And it's like, no! You are listening to the Voices of Wrestling podcast with your hosts, Joe Lanza. X out, go listen to some boring podcast where they're, where they're afraid of their own shadow. Okay? Don't listen to Joe Lanza because Joe Lanza's not changing. 
and Rich Cranch. Who delivers this guy in a big spot? Joe, don't yell at me. In the big spot, who delivers better than this guy? Stop yelling at me. I agree. All right, welcome once again to the Voice Wrestling Podcast. I'm Rich Craig alongside, as always, I guess I shouldn't say as always because we took a week off, but Joe Lanza, Joe, how are you? We didn't take a week off. We gave the people... That, I guess, yeah, we as a collective took the week off, but we as a separate got double dip. Two for the price of one. That's right. There should be no... And the price is zero, <laughs> which is a good deal. Yes, you think about there it. should be no complaining. They got, they got two shows. Um, we're going to do... A lot of WWE, which we mm-hmm. haven't done in a long time. You sound excited. You sound thrilled. We both sound <laughs> just ecstatic. Well, I mean, What's I hated that. I hated Hell in a Cell. Okay, well, that'll be good. Good discussion then, because I didn't. I didn't dislike it as much as you. And you kind of liked it. I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. really not looking forward to talking about Hell in a Cell, but because I, I thought it was, well, I didn't think it was a bad show. I thought it was a boring show. A very boring show. I thought, um, I mean, the work was fine. It wasn't like I thought any of the matches were bad. They were just all boring. And I thought, aside from the boring matches, there was there were some things to like about it because there were four or five matches on that show which were legitimate blow-off matches to long-standing yeah, feuds. And I think that's the biggest takeaway that I had. And, of course, we'll, we'll do a full breakdown of that in terms of all the other stuff we're going to do today as well. But, yeah, that, that was something I think that I, I enjoyed a lot about it is it felt like an important show. You know, like you said, I, I, and I'm sort of with you as well. There was a lot of boring stuff. We'll kind of go, as I said, we'll break that down of, of the stuff that happened. But I felt like I had to be sort of invested in it because it felt like everything that was happening or most things that were happening were definitive. This is the end of this story. This guy is going here now. This one is doing this. Like it, it felt like an important show. And we haven't had that all fall. I mean, we've had three or four pay-per-views where essentially it's been the same thing over and over and over and over. It finally felt like after Hell in a Cell, okay, we have some definitive stories now. People going in this direction, that guy going here, this guy doing this, you know, these ones. So that, that at least for my standpoint, it made it a little bit more entertaining knowing, hey, everything that's happening here is at least somewhat important. Because I haven't had that in, you know, three or four months with WWE. There's new directions for a lot of people. And more importantly, a lot of there, – there were three or four matches on this show – where long-standing feuds, one person just beat the other guy clean, yes. clean as a sheet in the middle and put that person firmly in the rear view and won the feud. Which is rare these days in WWE. You just don't see it anymore. You do not see that in WWE enough, in my opinion. No rematch on Raw. No, you know, clearly moving on to something new. And from that perspective, the, the booking on the show was good. I have no complaints there. I just I was so bored watching the show. That that was my problem with the show. Well, let, let's get into. We'll do Hell in a Cell, of course, right now, and uh, other stuff that we're going to talk about as well. We're going to talk about the Alberto Del Rio situation. We'll probably talk about that as we mentioned him uh, for Hell in a Cell. We got some other stuff around Japan as well. Processing Noah's uh, global leagues going on, so we're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, Dragon Gate has two big shows coming up. We are going to sort of do as best as we can, but we're not all the way caught up on Dragon Gate, unfortunately. Uh, and then some other little tidbits about uh, New Japan, the Young Bucks, and then of course. Uh, since we assume that we don't have enough topics, which I, I, I don't know if we do, we're going to uh, take some listener questions as well. We've got a l- bunch of there – there's a lot of fun ones too. So I kind of want to do that a little bit uh, as well because I think it will be a fun show, especially coming around the Halloween season. We have a lot of people asking us Halloween-related questions. So 
How, how does a Joe Lanza, maybe I'll get to this before we get to Hell in a Cell. How does a Joe Lanza celebrate Halloween? Because you hate everything, so I'm assuming you hate Halloween too. Hold on a second. What do you mean I hate? You hate Thanksgiving, right? What do you mean I hate everything? You hate Fourth of July. I love Thanksgiving. Okay, all right. I cook in it. Is it is it being outside that you hate Fourth of July for? I cook in a because you hate like grilled. Okay, okay. So listen, you like a nice. Listen, okay. I cook an enormous meal on Thanksgiving for two people, me and my brother. <laughs> I was gonna say the, the dogs. The dogs probably have some scraps too, the right? Dogs enjoy the scraps, of course. They get a night. I get their. You just throw the carcass down there and let them let them have it. No, I get I get their I get their gray dish right. Their little gray food dish. Yeah. And uh, I, I give them whatever's on the table. I, I give them a little turkey, a little ham. That's what we do too. We give them like yeah, we give them the whole of course, the whole thing. You pop big for nice. that. These dogs enjoy that. Oh yeah. You know they're eating this. Uh, you know I got the one dog on a restricted diet because she's got bad skin, so she just eats this awful like extremely expensive by the way which which kills me uh this awful restricted diet food every day of her life she doesn't like it is it wet or is it it's dry? dry on top of everything else okay. so she just stares at the bowl every morning stares at me and is like <laughs> have you ever thrown uh, i've ever tried coconut oil what type of skin disorder are we talking about dry skin or just like a she gets allergic uh, thing her, she has tons of uh dog allergies ah okay we, we had a, a bout with dog allergies not that long ago it is, My dogs were on Pregnizone. I had to feed them peanut butter with Pregnizone. In it, so. it is the worst. Her skin breaks out red. She scratches. I feel terrible. Yeah, okay. That's what we had. We just we just got over that. We're done with that now, finally, thankfully. But Yeah, so, you know, at Thanksgiving, they, they, they pop big for that. They got a nice, you know, bowl of table food there. Some stuffing. They love the stuffing, my guys. They, they love it all. They oh. love it all. Uh, you know, so I, I enjoy the thing. I'm not a man who hates everything. Fourth of July stinks. I mean, there's no okay. way around it. Fireworks stink. And if you think that fireworks stink, then what is the appeal of Fourth of July? Well, the outdoor, the, the, I like barbecue though. You don't like, you know, hot dogs on a grill. That's fine. I've explained this. Okay. Yeah, we have. No, we don't have to go through this again. I'm, I'm, I'm not, worried about Halloween now. I'm not Cavanario. I don't need to be like a caveman outside <laughs> cooking on an open flame. I prefer to make my food indoors. Okay, I, I'm not a big fan of the barbecue. I don't hate it yeah. necessarily. And that, that'll 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 greatly affect your, your enjoyment of the Fourth of July, I believe. I it, absolutely. But the Thanksgiving, I can get into the Thanksgiving. Look, there's okay. there's sports on TV all day. Yeah, it's football though. Football, you got so. college basketball tournaments all week. Oh, okay, okay. The entire right, week right. you got those college bas. So you get the college basketball going. You get the NFL. My brother is a Lions fan, so he comes over and watches this stupid. And Lions watches the Lions game. lose every year. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. The Lions get fisted every single year, so that'll be. You know, really and funny then game. I make the ridiculous. Did you say they get fisted every year? I did. Rich, yeah. that was vile. That oh, I, I don't usually hear that kind of language out of him. <laughs> I, normally, if someone's going to make a fisting reference on the show, <laughs> it's, it's you. I mean, geez, I don't even. That I far. use I throw that around too much. I probably should stop saying that as much. I I don't even go that far. I, I don't even think I've ever brought up fisting on this show. That that that's that's some lands unfiltered stuff right there. Fisting, unbelievable. But uh, but yeah, you know, so yeah, I did lots of sports. I, I make way too much food. It's it's a tremendous day. I enjoy Thanksgiving. So okay. don't tell me I hate everything. Don't you know? Okay. Uh, so Halloween. Yeah, let's let's get to the the real story so here. What, Halloween. What somebody want to know here? What's the question? Uh, this is actually my question. Somebody asked about it, but but I, it was going to be my question anyway. Is uh, how does uh, Joe Lanza celebrate Halloween? How do I celebrate Halloween? Celebrate? What do you do? Do you, are you one of those curmudgeons who turns your lights off Absolutely and doesn't want the kids not. bothering you? Oh, I knew you are. Oh no, you're not. Okay. Oh no way. Who? Uh, oh, I thought you would turn that light off and just be like, nope, not home. <laughs> like, Let me tell you something, Creech. I don't know where you get these ideas. Not only. Am I someone with the porch light on when it works? 
And not only do I answer... Have you checked? Is the porch light good? No, I, I still haven't changed the bulb. Well, uh, come on. I'll get around well, to it. I'll get around. You got, like, two days. That's Go. It. Listen. I, listen. Don't rush me. I'm a last-minute kind of guy. By the time people listen to this, you got one day. That's true. But that's a whole full day. It's like 24 okay. hours. You know what I mean? Right. And then another, like, 12 hours before it gets... Yeah, because you got the until the night. Okay. I, I'll right. get to it. You know what? I'll change that bulb. Dusk on Halloween. Yeah, six that six forty five on Saturday. That's how I roll. Ask the Vanis, uh, the Voice of Wrestling fantasy basketball organizer Dylan Harris. Uh, <laughs> I, I joined the league, the last person to join the league, and I showed up to the draft fashionably late. But it's all good because I got auto drafted Steph Curry anyway, so it all worked out. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So, uh, so anyway, yeah. So I'll get that bulb going. Don't worry about the bulb. Don't don't sidetrack me with the bulb. So um, not only am I a big fan of of, of the uh, of the Halloween and and uh, and and answering the door, I'm a full size candy bar guy too. Oh they wow, guys, really? I'm a big hit on the block, okay? Because they know they come to Lance. Are you really? Yeah, they're getting the full size. Wow. bar. I'm a full size bar guy, and let me wow. tell you, I get a big crowd. We get a big attendance for this. Uh, if, if once once somebody knows that the full size. Candy bar guys lives nearby. I mean, you'll go out of your way. You'll walk another half mile. At Rich, this neighborhood for full size candy bar guy. I, I know that. I know that story all too well as a kid. And not only that, this neighborhood is lit. I mean, pretty much every every you know, almost all the houses on this block are young children, which is going to be a nightmare in about five to eight years when they're all teenagers. That's gonna be yeah. Oh, and you're trying to like drive the streets, and there's gonna be crossing at random points, and just you know, right. Being hooligans in general. So yeah, there's a lot of young families. So there's a lot of young children. I enjoy the costumes. I think Halloween's a lot of fun going to the door. Okay. I, 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 you know, I, I, I harass the kids before I give them the candy, of course. And in typical Joanne's style, I give them a hard time about, you know, if you come to my door in a shitty costume, you're going to hear about it. I, I don't, you know, as you should. Absolutely. You can't come to my door in a shitty costume. You, you wear a mask and you just throw on a mask and walk over. No, no if no. you're one of these 14 year olds who comes to my door <laughs> in the clothes that you wore to school that day and just a generic mask, you're not even getting a full size candy bar. Eggs on the side of my house, be damned. I don't go for that shit. I want a little bit of effort. So I like to keep a nice bowl of shitty candy for when I see those people coming to the door. They don't. Is it those peanut butter things? Yeah, they'll get like. Uh, those black and orange, like peanut butter, whatever the I'll hell those things exactly are. I'll tell you exactly what I get. I get Mary Jane's awful candy. That's. I think that's what they're called. Is that what they're called? I get. Uh, per, per, that might be what you're talking about. Actually. Oh no, Mary. No, Mary Jane's are a little bit different. I'm talking. I forgot what the peanut butter ones are. They, they don't know. I don't know if they have a name. I know. I know what the Mary Jane. Charleston is. Chew. You might be talking about. That's another off. No, 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 no. I like Charleston Chew. Uh, nobody likes Charleston Chew. That's, yes, they do. No, no, I that's do. a lie. Uh, or, or I'll give them like loose. What are those gimmicks that come out this time of year? They're shaped like cones. They got the orange, white, and yellow, and they're shaped like a cone, and they just taste like wax. What is that thing called? Oh, yeah. I don't know what those are called. So, those are all. So what I'll have is some of those loose in a bowl too, and they won't even take those because. Oh, they are called Mary Janes. They're just Mary Jane peanut Mary butter. Mary Jane's are awful. Yeah, 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 it's an awful candy. It's, it's probably the worst candy. Uh, Neckle wafers are a pretty awful candy. Yeah, yeah, neckle, yeah. Nobody yeah, like it. Just tastes like powder. I mean, and the number one awful candy, which I got to make sure I, I haven't gotten a bag yet because I haven't been able to find them. The number candy one, corn? The number one awful candy corn. I talked about it. Right? I couldn't think of the name. Thank you, candy corn. No, there's something worse than candy corn. The worst candy possible. I'll tell you what that is right now. Circus Ooh. peanuts. Oh, those are really bad. Nothing yeah. worse than the circus. Peanut. I don't know if I've had. You know, I'll be honest. I don't know if I've had a circus peanut. You need like to try one years. this this Halloween season. <sighs> it is by far the worst candy, and and I I can't find them because that's. I'm sure I hate them. I'm sure I hate them. But it's just been so long since I had them, so I think it's worth it to at least try them again. That is my favorite punishment candy for uh, a a teenager who thinks he's slick 
who comes to my door in a bad costume. I don't appreciate that shit. Full-size bar reserved for the cute little seven- and eight-year-olds who put a little effort into things. You know what I'm saying? What type of, what type of full-size bars are we given? I get the Hershey. I get the okay. Milky Way. Right now, let me see what I got here. I got my, I'll, take a, I'll take a Milky Way. I got Way. my bag two days ago. I got the Hershey, I got the Milky Way, and I got the Snickers. Full-size. Full-size, okay. Krach. But you got to get the small ones too. For, you got to punish the bad costumes. And, and you know, you got to have backup for when you run out. Because one year I had a very embarrassing situation. Underestimated the neighborhood. Ran out of candy. I'm scrambling for like granola bars that have been sitting in the pantry <laughs> right, for a chips. year and a half. You're just, you got you a sandwich bag filled with uh, <laughs> just, ruffles. Here you go. Yeah, <laughs> here's, just, some, it's just the worst. here's some sour cream and cheddar ruffles. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I'm giving out like like packs of like uh, gum, but like, but like soda, but like adult gum. You know, like yeah, like, yeah, like, like gum for your breath. Spearmint, yes. yeah, like spearmint orbit. You're like, here you go. They're like, oh, thanks. <laughs> right, not tasty gum, like like that. A fruit stripe. Oh, <laughs> right, yeah. right, right. I'm dipping into like my you know Sam's. Club industrial sized gum store, you know, that I keep, and I'm giving out that, like, and, and granola bars that are in the pantry for a year and a half. But so you got to be ready in case you run out. So, no, I am not a curmudgeon. I do a, I okay. do a nice job with the Halloween. Yeah, because nobody should really hate Halloween. You're just a bad person in general. No, no, yeah, I, I, enjoy, I enjoy seeing the cop. A couple years ago, don't you remember? I had the guy come to the door in the Swamp Monster costume. And I t- oh, right. Yes, yes. I yes. tweeted that to Sapolsky, and he enjoyed that. Because I, I look at this, the Swamp Monster's at my door. I enjoy that. I invited the guy in. I was like, I got to get a picture of this. You know? <laughs> he wasn't an Evolve fan, though. I asked him if. Uh, no, it's, it's shocking that he <laughs> no, wasn't one of the, no. the 400 people that watches Evolve. I had to ask. Like, I mean, okay. you know, he's wearing this. Apparently, that's some kind there's of. There's a pretty good chance that you're never going to meet another Evolve. Like, unless you already know that they're an Evolve fan, there's a good chance you're not going to meet a new Evolve fan. You know what I mean? I, I was like, look at this gentleman's club. He's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Leave me alone. I had no idea. Yeah. I was like, you're a big fan of Evolve? Game Sapolsky. They're like, oh, I'm going to go. He's like, I don't know what that is. I'm like, ah, oh, you know. So apparently, the, the Swamp Monster costume is some sort of hunting gear or something like mm-hmm. yeah it's like a uh no there's a because call of duty it was big when the call of duty was out um it's like a type of like armor or, or disguise i don't know what you call it, it it's got a name i i can't oh, recall fuck, right now. what is the what is like the functional purpose of that costume uh, you're in like leaves or whatever you're in the jungle you know like, like vietnam stuff you're just kind of you know, to, to hide with the shrubbery and all that sort of stuff vietnam stuff like so why would it act like a normal human need that like that's what i'm confused. i don't know so you would get that at like an army supply yeah i think so i mean i don't know why a normal human needs it but you know there's, you probably not there's plenty of things there's plenty of things that people buy Maybe at army supply stores that normal humans don't need, but you know yeah, so, that's so, not for a, that's not a debate for today. So. so like those weirdos who hang out at like the army navy supply would buy that. Yeah, I bet you could get them there. And I could be wrong. Just in case the apocalypse comes, they're ready in their swamp monster getup, and they've got their their guns in their closet, and they're fully prepared. Is that the kind of deal that that's what it is? Yeah, I, maybe. Yeah, or dad just has it hanging around for when he goes. You know, I don't know what you guys do in Texas. What do you guys shoot in Texas? Uh, Rich, they shoot a lot of things in Texas. I was gonna say I, I, I can't really sum it down to one particular thing: humans, deer. I am not a gun fan, as you may or may not know. I think you're aware of that. Um, I, 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 I am not a gun owner. Never will be. I'm terrified of guns. Don't want one in the house. But I hear random gunshots constantly all through the night out where I. I don't know what they're shooting, but they're shooting lots of things. Um, so yeah, there, there's lots of gunfire going off uh, here in Texas. Uh, but yeah, listen. Halloween. Okay. Tremendous. I have no issue with Halloween. So okay. I'm very I'm, I'm offended uh, a little bit. No, I I no, I I actually I I kind of assumed that Halloween was maybe one that you enjoyed, but I I wasn't sure. 
to be fair. And then there were a lot of people, I think people asked the question too, because they were kind of assuming you were going to like rant on Halloween or something like that. But I'm, I'm glad to hear that you didn't. Well, aren't they surprised? Because nobody should really hate Halloween. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, well, what sort of hate? Nate, now, now, I haven't put on a costume in many years. I will say that. That's, what, that's fine. It's for the kids. It's absolutely for the kids. I mean, I, I did go to a, uh, uh, the last Halloween party I went to was about right before. You come to mine last week. I was not invited. I believe you were. I did not get that invite. Mm. Oh, uh, sorry. You know, so typical. Lost in the mail. Typical. <laughs> no one lands at your party hitting on all your friends. Um, they were all taken. Uh, no, no. As if the, there's one that's desperate. No, hold ooh, on, there's no, one. Rich. As if that would stop me. I, well, there's one that's real desperate. So you is there? Have. What's her name? Uh, uh, let's not get into that. Send me now. some Facebook links later. Or I will. What? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. She's Italian too. Oh really? Mm-hmm. And blonde. A blonde Italian girl. Mm-hmm. Well. Maybe not. Uh, maybe not naturally. Maybe not naturally. Blonde, maybe not a blonde down below. Is yeah, but she. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I don't know. She might go that far for this gimmick. I don't know. I've never seen anyone go that far with the gimmick. I'd be. I'd be curious. I'd, I don't. I tell you, that'd be some dedication. I. I. I, I will be honest. I don't know. I'll ask Michelle when she gets home. So. Well, how would Michelle know? I don't know. Maybe they talk about that. And if Michelle that. knows, you need to know because that means that there's, <laughs> that there's a potential three-way happening. I mean, come on. <laughs> All right, moving on. <laughs> Jeez. I got to do all your thinking for you? Come on. No. Okay. My mom listens to this podcast now. Did you know that? I thought she Horrifying. was a semi-frequent listener, your mom. Yeah. She, like now she's like, oh, I, like, well, I'm at work and there's nothing else to do. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, there's got to be something else. She's to not going to – she's going to be very upset that you used fisting in that Um. Yeah. Yeah, that's not going to go over well. But yeah. it's all right. She doesn't like when we swear. She also doesn't like you. She liked that uh, when I had Sean on the podcast <laughs> last time. Not... She came up to me and was like, I like Sean. He's a lot nicer than Joe. And I'm like, yeah, that, that... he's like, Joe's too in your face. I don't like it. It's it's too much sometimes. That is not surprising in the least. <laughs> I was like, you know what? Not surprising in the least. I got a good laugh out of that. So I, listen, that works. I totally understand. I, you know, <laughs> I like Sean better than me. So it makes a lot of sense. Um, that's not true. I love myself, Rich. I was going to say, yeah. That's, too much. You know, that's not... Um, Hell of a cell. Are you ready? Are we, are we done with Halloween? Do you think your mom? I'm glad. Almond Joyce. What are your thoughts on Almond Joyce? Hold Joy? on. I gotta. I gotta. Do you, th- okay. do you think your mom knows what fisting is? Um. No. I guess we're gonna find out. Yeah, we'll find out. Tomorrow at about noon, I'll find you out. You better so change the subject that. real quick. Because <laughs> now she's googling it. Now it's now it's going way worse. You know. Because uh, yeah, I'm she... about to dive deep with this. Hell in a cell, Rich. For your own yeah. good. Hell in a cell. All right. We'll talk about almond joys later. So, you know, it, you know, it's like, why would you eat a mounds if the almond joy is available? It comes with a little bonus almond. You know what I mean? Oh, we've had this discussion before. So, if you enjoy almonds, there's no reason not to just eat the mounds. Right. A lot of people get nuts about the coconut, which I get. That's fine. It's not for everybody, but I used to clean up on almond joys and even mountains too cuz cuz there'd be a whole bag, you know, me and my friends would go around and we'd get, you know, 19 pounds of like we'd have, we'd have full like just Freaking pillowcases just filled with candy or whatever. Uh, it's no wonder I'm <laughs> I've been fighting with my way. No, I'm not. I'm not bad, but uh, as a kid, I was a little pudgy. That's probably one of the big reasons. But um, no, and that that was a big thing. Like my friends never wanted the almond joys, never wanted the mounts. So I think out of just like necessity, I became a fan of them because they were gonna throw them out. And I'm like, well, there's like a you know, nice little handful of candy here that's just gonna get thrown out. And then I tried it once. I was like, that's yeah, all right. But we've had this discussion. I think. I, I think Maybe we're our- actually rehashing. Almond Joy discussion. Yeah, yeah, so I think it's time to get back to the wrestling. Okay, all right. I, I, once you said it, because I thought you were going to argue, but then once you said 
the if you get the almond with the almond joy, then I remember that now that we had this discussion. So, okay, Hell in a Cell. Let's talk about it. Uh, did you watch the pre-show, pre-opener? I did not, but people are telling me that I should. It was, <laughs> you might have actually liked the show a lot better if you saw that. It was really goddamn good, which considering that these guys, you know, came on at like 6.30 or whatever, uh, it was Dolph Ziggler, Cesaro, Neville. Uh, defeating Rusev, Sheamus, and King Barrett. So you kind of assume pre-show, they're on at 6.30, half the crowd's there, not much is going on. These guys are just kind of kind of coast or whatever. These guys all seem like they took it with some sort of, I don't know what it was. There was so much effort in this match, though. These guys just looked like they they really, I don't know the quite word, that they were just motivated to show how big of a, how big of a slight it was that these six super talented guys were stuck, you know, in the pre-show. And that none of these guys could get, uh, you know, a single match on the main show in a you know in an event that's headlined by you know the Undertaker and Kane, so they they seem to really really try their asses off. I mean, I went I went like uh, three and a quarter I think with it. I've seen other ratings near there, but it it was a really 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 good match for an opener. Definitely the best pre-show I've seen in in a long time. You got a lot of good workers there, and they got eleven minutes, so I could I could totally uh and and some of them probably were miffed that they were on the pre-show, so. I can totally see that. I haven't seen it, but um, it's pretty much being universally praised. So I'm gonna have to go back and give it a. Watch. It was it was one of my favorite matches on the entire show. So yeah, it might it might help your well now not anymore. You kind of have to watch it in the context of everything. Now it might not you know make your overall uh, your thoughts on Hell in a Cell change. But no, definitely check it out if you get a chance. Uh, then we had the opener, the proper opener. Of course, this was John Cena doing an open challenge for the U.S. title. Uh, we had his up Coulter walkout. Some people speculated it could be Kurt Angle. Maybe it's a reinvigorated Jack Swagger. And then it was Alberto Del Rio, the former Alberto El Patron from AAA and Lucha Underground and all of the good stuff. He comes out and makes his return to WWE. Do you want to talk about his contract and that sort of stuff now, and then we'll get back to Hell in a Cell, or do you want to go back to him in a little bit? Uh, let's do the match. Okay, that's fine. We'll do the match. So Del Rio comes out. Of course, he's now with Zeb Coulter. Uh, the match itself, man, like really like there was a lot of excitement. Everybody was like, oh, my God, Del Rio's back or whatever. And then I think within like two minutes, everybody kind of went, oh, yeah, he's really not that good. Right. <laughs> like because that's how I've been. Like Alberto Del Rio and Dota V, like I've watched him in Lucha Underground. I enjoyed him a lot. I watched him a lot in, in, in AAA when he was, you know, making this past little run. And a lot of it I liked. I was never a Del Rio WB fan. I was super. I was like, oh, God, he's back. Sweet. Awesome. And then like within two minutes, I was like, oh, yeah, right. Just doesn't do it for. I, I don't know what it is. You get him in that WWE ring and he's just there. I don't know. Everything about this match stunk. Everything. Um, Mostly John Cena's effort too. Which was, John Cena didn't give two fucks about this match. I'll give that guy. I'll give that guy credit. He's been going on six, seven, about six, seven months of just pure effort. And this was the uh, when do I? My plane is leaving at like ten forty-five, and I cannot wait to get on that plane and leave. Hey, look, it's, I'm not look. I, I look at it the same way. I mean, he's had a great year, and everybody has a stinker now and then. No one is immune from it, and uh, th- he just didn't give a shit about this match. It was like a seven-minute match. Alberto Del Rio is the ultimate guy where it's like, in theory, I should like him. But he really – like I think you said it best. He really just isn't that good. Alberto right. Del he comes Rio out, is not that good. He's got the music. He's, you know, he's pumped up. He's always really pumped up in his entrance, too, which always gets me all fired up. I'm like, yeah, here we go. <laughs> Del Rio's out here. Like, his music's really, you know, good, and he's out there screaming, and the crowd yeah. kind of goes, and then the bell rings, and then within a minute, you're like, oh, yeah, shit. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's Alberto Del Rio. He's just not very good. And and um, the guy's dry as a bone, and this match just never got going. I mean, Del Rio wasn't any good either. 
No. I mean, it's just a shitty match with one of the flattest finishes you'll ever see. Yeah, that was just an unbelievable, like, I, I looked away because for a second, you know, the kick happened and I said, okay, you know, it's setting up to a little bit. So I got kind of settled in ready for, you know, the, the finishing stretch. That we, that's what we've had with the John Cena thing. We've had, you know, this entire U.S. Open Challenge has been that sort of five, ten minute finishing stretch that he's had. And then it was just like one, two, three. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> and, you know, and I wasn't even necessarily looking for that. I wasn't necessarily looking for indie Cena here, but there was just nothing compelling about it at all. I mean, there's just nothing compelling about it. You didn't feel like it was the finish at all. It, it, not not necessarily that they were going to start trading finishers, but that like there hadn't been any build to it. Like it just kind of hit it out of nowhere and then pinned him and it was over. It, 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 the match never peaked, and then the finish just came out of nowhere and was super flat. Sometimes a finish that comes out of nowhere can work really well because it's not formula and it's a surprise. You know what I mean? And you're like, wow, that was cool. The armbar would have been a good time to do that. But yeah, you know what I mean? If you want to establish the armbar, maybe that's an out of nowhere where Cena's just doing something and then you throw him in the armbar and it's over. But to have it be like, a, you know, the kneeling super kick thing or whatever, that's just, I don't know. That... After, you know, quote unquote, escaping the attitude adjustment, which was really just John Cena gently putting Alberto Del Rio <laughs> back on his feet. Um, you know, and oh, yeah, he did put it back. On his yeah, feet. <laughs> I forgot about this that. match stunk. I mean, this uh... was just a shit match. And I dread, I dread these two. The, 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 no doubt we're going to get these two segment, long as fuck, boring as fuck, Alberto Del Rio specials on Raw and SmackDown now with him, you know, getting this push. And he's just not very good. Yeah, but he gets fresh new matchups like Sheamus and Dolph Ziggler. And I haven't seen any of those. Andy before. Orton. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, guys been and that, for, I think for a year and a half or whatever, he's going to come back and face all the same people. Yeah, and that's what are your thoughts on this? Because I wrote this in the review, and some people got you know a little upset and said I was being you know overly negative on this or whatever. But you know you have the U.S. Open Challenge, and it, it it's a, I thought it was really cool. It, it gave guys opportunities to let guys have really good matches throughout. You know, Dean Ambrose is the first one to you know kind of cash it in, and the guys like Kevin Owens really kind of make their mark through that or whatever. And when it's all said and done, when it's all done. It goes to Alberto Del Rio. The whole U.S. Open Challenge, the six months, the back and forth, and all this sort of stuff, and it ends with Del Rio. You know, it. I know that wasn't the plan. I know, you know, four months ago that wasn't the plan. Two months ago, it was the plan. It was the, the plan a month ago, right? So, if you know, if you read the Observer, it's the plan a month ago. So, but I don't know. For me, it's like you go through all that work, which is fine. I mean, it it, it got some guys over, but in the end, it's like. I don't know when it's done and it, it just feels so flat. It was like a super cool thing. And then it goes to like this 37 year old hothead who got fired for assaulting an employee a year ago. Yeah. I mean, and that's the payoff. I mean, it's, I don't know for me, I was just kind of like, Oh, well, all right. I'll go right back to my original point. Everything about this match stunk. There was nothing about this match that was good. Not the booking, the problem that you just laid out where it was a flat finish to, to Cena's great run here. Um, the match itself was no good. And what the fuck? I mean, from a from a character perspective, why would Alberto Del Rio and Zeb Coulter ever be friends? <laughs> Zeb, the last time we saw Zeb Coulter, he was a xenophobic guy who hated Mexicans. All of a sudden, now he wants to unite Mexico and America. Right, Mexico America. That's and if that's not implausible enough, okay, because he he was basically your your drunk Republican uncle who ruins the 4th of July barbecue, who, who gets a few beers in him and starts saying dumb shit. And then your cousin who brought her black boyfriend has to like scurry. You know what I mean? Like he's the, right. He's that guy. 
And then all of a sudden he wants to, you know, bring America. And, so if that's not implausible enough, why would Alberto Del Rio be okay with this man? Right, when he feuded with him for like a year plus. And just and just go along with his change of philosophy. It's like none of this makes – and look, I know it's just wrestling or whatever, but this really makes no sense. And here's the other thing. I thought they were supposed to be baby faces. Now I find out they're supposed to be heels. Yeah, I thought so too. I was kind of mixed up as well. I don't know what the fuck they're supposed to be. I don't know. Rich. Everything about this match. It's it really stunk. did. This yeah, there's there's stunk. really no silver lining here. I, I I know that there's gonna be people that and there's a segment of people that really enjoy Del Rio and that sort of stuff. And and okay, I mean that's fine. I I it it's just it's not me. I it's it just doesn't do anything for me. And and another thing that's interesting too, you know, I think and we talk all the time about you know integrating some real life stuff into this, you know. You know, I know you don't wanna say that this guy got fired for assaulting a guy backstage or whatever, but that was a big part of AAA. You know, when when he goes into Mexico and does that sort of stuff, they pushed him as a guy who was a representative of a Mexi- you know, of Mexicans everywhere by you know standing up for his his heritage and standing up for for what it means to be a Mexican. You know what I mean? Like there was a lot of cool stuff that they built on that of this guy defending himself and defending his race and doing that sort of stuff. And now he walks into he just kind of handshakes the guy who made fun of Mexicans for two years, and then that's it. AAA booked him a million times better. Right, and it's like, okay, well, why would any Mexican love him now? You know what I mean? Like, like you go in and you're like, well, I just got done booing this guy for making fun of Mexicans and, and saying we should get deported or whatever for two or three years, Seb Coulter. And the first time you see him back, now it's just like, yeah, all right, whatever. <laughs> like, it's yeah, the whole, water under the bridge. We're cool. Like, the whole thing stinks. And he and, and he's not, you know, he's not very good. And I'm not looking forward to his matches. And I just, I, I don't know. It's fucking Alberto Del Rio. He's not over. He's never going to be over. It's like... So we got to do this thing again. We, we, and we, we're the ones that always got in trouble for that because we were always too negative on him. But it's just like, I don't know. Well, <laughs> hey, look, man. I'm telling you what I think. I don't like the guy. What do you want me to do? Yeah. But I mean, just, you know, it's he's dry as a The crowd doesn't really like it. The crowd doesn't like him either. You know what I mean? Like, it, it'd be different if we're like, the crowd's going ape shit and everybody goes nuts and, you know, he sells a bunch of t-shirts and all that sort of stuff. But he doesn't. <laughs> you know, there's a segment of people that say they like his matches, which is fine. But it, it doesn't do anything. It doesn't move any needle. He's not, he's never felt like a star at all. Ever in that there was a brief time where they kind of had something going with him, and then the babyface turn was just such a disaster. With oh, it just killed him with yeah, the different music and everything else. And yeah, so I don't know. I've they're so desperate for a Latino star that they went back to a guy who slapped an employee in the face and is a, mm-hmm. and like you said, is a noted hothead. And I, because they just they're so desperate to find a guy and paid a pretty penny to do it as well and, pay, I mean, and paid him. A million and a half dollars. I mean, oh my! Talk about no shot of getting a return on your investment. I mean, this guy is not a draw. He's not a star. He's 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 seen as a mid carder, and you're push and 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 your your plan to get him over is the pair with Zeb Coulter. <laughs> on 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 on, on, on a, that's gonna get, that's gonna make the the Mexican contingent really love you. Is riding around on a on a Walmart motor scooter. I mean, <laughs> well, I don't know. I just. Let's. I just. There's nothing. <sighs> but you know, and and of course, new broke a couple hours before we came on the air. You know, he was supposed to be finishing up with AAA and and working mm-hmm. AAA taping instead of Raw this Monday and everything. But of course, Mr. McMahon has already reneged on that, and he's uh, yeah. confirmed for Raw, according to Dave Meltzer. And it looks like, I mean, like anyone could have figured, he's probably never stepping in a AAA ring again, at least until this WWE run is over, and um, he's not going to finish up proper there. But we all, which saw really that sucks. 
Yeah, I really want because that linear because he's the linear champion right now. Of course, we track that here at Voices Wrestling. And if he went to AAA and lost, which he would inevitably do if he went to AAA, that fucking thing would go on so many different paths. And maybe never you come know. back. I know it would never. Yeah, that's you the know? thing. It would be like the death, the death of yeah, it. It'd be fun lose to someone, like, then they lose to someone, then that person loses on some grimy indie show in Mexico. Like, that's what I mean. Yeah, you got like yeah, you got like Damian six 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 as your WWE linear yeah. champion or whatever. You know what I mean? Like it, it you know, be, it's trauma it's too. It's the uh, yeah, yeah right. Like like how cool would that be? But like it would also die. Like because then people would be like, I don't know who that is, and then nobody would follow it. Anymore. And it, it, we'd also lose track of it. Right. Oh yeah. Someone yeah. Would work some random. You know, we would need the Cubs fan on speed dial to keep track of all these, you know, independent lucha matches where this titles bouncing around. But um, you guys are wrestling on like wet floors or whatever. <laughs> but I mean, it just I don't know. The, the contract is just shocking to everyone, really. Um, and it just shows you how desperate they are. And it shows you if 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 I'm one of the Latinos in NXT or, um, you know, underneath, it just shows me that they have zero faith in anybody in the company, uh, that they brought this guy back and paid him that amount of money. It really would hurt my personal, um, uh, confidence if I was a young Latino in that company, because they, they clearly don't have, don't think any of them have any kind. Yeah, if you're Kalisto, basically forget it. Yeah, yeah you're done. They, they just, <laughs> like, they, they, they're not even going to give you a shot. I mean, yeah. And of course they've kind of proven over time, which is again, a, a horrible fallacy of them is that they can only have one. You know what I mean? Like they, it can only be our one Latino star. We need to make him. He was Rey Mysterio. Now, then we tried Alberto Del Rio and then that didn't work. And then we, you know, half tried Kalisto and then that didn't work, but it, it's funny how it is. It can only be one. And it's just, it, it's, yeah, it, it's, it's unique. They're, they're an odd company for sure. Make a play for La Sombra. I mean, what the fuck? You know, I mean, he's obviously very charismatic without the mask. Um, obviously a tremendous wrestler, young as fuck. What is he like 24? I mean, yeah, and we, we looked that up 20 at, at most 26. I, I don't have it in front of me, but yeah, it's gotta be, I think he's like 24 or something. I think you're right. Yeah, 24, 25, 26, somewhere in that range. So, like, make a play for that guy. I mean, at least it's something, someone fresh, and and you you start with a clean slate. I just I don't have faith that Del Rio will ever be the star that they think he can be. No. I just don't know if he can he can connotate enough of that you know huge. And we saw it in Mexico a little bit with that huge babyface thing because that's what they want out of him. They want that huge. But I don't I don't know. And, and the other and problem is, is I be, he's a natural heel. Exactly, because he's a dickwad in real life. Like and he's not a nice and, dude in real life. Like Jacks. Yeah, it always looks better as a heel because he's kind of a piece of shit in real life, so it works. Like, like he's a perfect heel because it, it's tell real, be yourself, <laughs> be a dickhead, and like he okay, I got it. Like, but being like the happy-go-lucky good guy that's hugging kids or whatever, like that's not him. I mean, what about anybody who knows about, anything about his personal life knows that's not him. What about um, him as a face, the way he was in Lucha Underground, where he was kind of like. An ass kicker, no nonsense face. But see, you could probably do that. But see, again, they booked him better because he came in with that chip on his shoulder, and you know he he gave that cryptic promo, ripping WWE right off the bat. And they don't seem willing to, uh, you know, I, they, I, to go in that direction with him for whatever reason. Um, you know, because when they made him, when he was a baby face in this company, he was the smiley, happy. Remember, and that's why I did. Yeah, he work. just came out with little little miniature Mexican flags and waved them around for a few weeks and said, "I'm a babyface now." <laughs> and no one, and no one bought it. They they booed yeah. him. My music changed and I'm carrying flags now. <laughs> I'm good. Okay. All right. Well, fuck this guy and these awful matches we're gonna have to sit through. Let's move on because I, I. There we go. All right. Well, now we'll move on to something that will definitely cheer you up. Uh, Hell in a Cell: Roman Reigns defeating Bray Wyatt. Oh. Who's going first? <laughs> Uh, I probably need to take out my laundry, so I'll let you go first. 
All right, so... I'm joking. I'm going to stay here, but, you know. So here's the thing. This match, again, super boring, um, very methodical. But, but here, here's the thing. I don't think there's... I, I, I'm, I've so thrown in the towel on Bray Wyatt that I don't think there's a chance I'm ever going to like a match he's in again. He just has total go-away heat for me. But the match was boring. And the finish... I had so many issues with the finish to this match. This, the, the finish to this match was so nonsensical and, and flat-out stupid. And let me tell you something. When Great Power Uti is agreeing with you on Twitter <laughs> in the wee hours of that's the night guy. And, that's and guy. ripping the finish, that's when you know you're on the right side of, an, of a debate. When, the, when Great Power Uti well, I, well, I don't know about a, that. All a great time. man. He's a great – no, you stop it. He's a great man. <laughs> with a with, who 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 belongs on that Hall of Fame ballot, by the way, and I'm going to work hard until he's on it. Great Power Uti agreed with me. He did not like the finish either. The whole thing was nonsense. This match was silly. It went on for over 20 minutes, and then the finish was just contrived bullshit. Okay, first of all, Bray Wyatt sets up these kendo sticks in the corner, right? So he's going to impale Roman Reigns, apparently. Yes. The man wears a bulletproof vest, Rich. He also spent like 90% of the match hitting him in the chest with a kendo stick. And the man wears a bulletproof vest. Which, by he the does. way, why is he allowed to wear that? That's another. Um, why is he allowed to have a closed fist finisher? But... Well, closed fists are illegal now in WWE. Oh, that's true. Okay. So that's, but, but, the, but the man wears a bulletproof vest, so he's going to try to impale the man with a kendo stick who wears a bulletproof vest. Okay. Bray Wyatt gives him a sister Abigail, right? Reigns kicks out at two. Okay. At that point, he's like half dead. He's un- to the point where Bray Wyatt has to physically hold him up. Do you remember this, Rich? Bray- Reigns is physically holding Bray Wyatt up, and, and uh, I'm sorry, R- Wyatt is physically holding Reigns up because Reigns cannot stand on his own. That's that was the state he was in at the end right, of right. the match, and then at just the snap of a finger, Roman just magically recovers, and not only does he magically recover, but he magically recovers enough to do his stupid howl at the moon and go through his usual end-of-match high-energy closing sequence to finish off Bray Wyatt. Why don't more people have a problem with this? You'll you have people who will complain about wrestlers not limping properly when their leg is worked over uh, or jumping off the top rope if they have their leg worked over, but no one's complaining about Roman Reigns magically recovering from being unconscious, unconscious to run through his dumb finishing sequence like he always does. Rich, the finish to this match was absurd. <laughs> this match was shit. It was 23 minutes of methodical bullshit with the worst contrived finish that you'll ever see. None of it. Just, it was laughable. The, the only thing I'll give them credit for is they did take some nice table bumps and things like that. And, and they did do some dangerous things. <clears throat> Aside from that, this match was, was a, 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 just a gigantic mess. And, and the finish is just a capper. The finish was pure comedy. Yeah, the, the finish didn't like bother me quite as much as you. I mean, it, it was whatever. But the, the body of the match, just I, I couldn't stand it. And I, I even said in my review, there, there probably are people that will enjoy this if they enjoy. If you're not like bored by WWE tropes and the same three weapons that WWE always uses, you know, the kendo stick and the the tables or whatever. But everything that was done was just so. It, it just felt like. Uh, 
I feel like almost like if you're trying to just set up spots in like a video game or whatever, like you and your buddy are trying to, you know, put him through a table or whatever. And you're just kind of slowly trying to do it and like get it set up. And like it just sounded like it, it felt like two dudes. It, it didn't feel like a fight at all. It felt like two dudes. And that's, we'll, we'll contrast that to the main event here in a little bit. It felt like two dudes that just kind of, you know, together figuring out, OK, I hit you with the kendo stick. And then you put me through a table and that sort of stuff. It's just and it just went on forever and ever and ever and just never reached any sort of you know, peak there was no peaks there was no valleys there was no story being told it was just here's the weapons that WWE allows us to still use and let's use them in a hell in a cell like it, it there was no need for it to be in a hell in a cell it's just there was so much stuff it just it didn't absolutely nothing for me i don't know they did not they did not I, utilize the cell um this was no basic. at all this was your this was your typical WWE. it was a last man standing match it might as well have been a no dq match no dq street fight last you know whatever name they choose to give it that given week because they're all the same match with a cage, with which happened to be within the confines of a cage. Yeah, it, it's just it didn't work for me. And I said there, there probably are people that enjoy it, and, and you're free to to enjoy it if you do. But it, it nothing for me. I mean, just absolutely, absolutely nothing there. And just the length of it was just so. Oh, I felt like long. it was never gonna end. And look again, a lot of this is my bias towards Bray Wyatt. I can't stand <laughs> the guy or anything he does. So it's it's I'm immediately in a bad mood when a Bray Wyatt match starts. So let's start there. But I mean, but then, you know, look, and here's what you're going to have to deal with for the next decade in this company. Roman Reigns, Superman. Who's going to make these silly comebacks at the end of these matches like this one where it just doesn't make any sense. I mean, um, you know, it's I just I I didn't I just didn't like the theme of this entire review that we're going to now. It was fucking boring. It was boring. Even if you didn't hate the finish like I did, it was boring. I move on here to the New Day defeating uh, the Dudley Boys. So this is the New Day defending their tag team titles. Uh, this is one of the matches I think you mentioned a little bit at the beginning, or at least I was going to mention at the beginning, um, for kind of a definitive sort of blow-off in a lot of ways. It, it There has been a little bit of Dudley Boys stuff, but it sort of seemed, you know, after this, it was kind of like, okay, the, the Dudley Boys, it was kind of fun for a little bit, but they're not a focal point of this tag division going forward. I could be wrong. <laughs> I don't know if in you know two weeks they're going to get another title shot or whatever. I doubt it, but I kind of felt like that was sort of it for them being you know contenders in the new day, sort of setting themselves apart. Um, with this match again, it's the same theme. I was bored watching this match. I, I don't really have any interest in watching. The lack of Xavier definitely hurt. The lack of Xavier hurt, and it really showed that the key to New Day is having all three of them around. Mm-hmm. They're all equally important. I don't think that they, you know, they're missing one part and there is something missing there. But the Dudley boys, I've been tired of the Dudley boys since I was standing in the ECW arena watching Bubba Ray Dudley stutter. I mean, I've never enjoyed this act. I've never enjoyed this tag team at any point in their history. So again, maybe that's, I'm coming into the match with bias, but I was tired of this feud. I was happy to see New Day win it. And it looks like they'll be moving on to new opponents. I was hoping this would be not only the blow-off to the feud, but the blow-off to the Dudley Boys period. And they would just go away and never to be seen. Just go work House of Hardcore shows and I'm never going to watch. So I never have to watch these guys again. But um, apparently they're sticking around because they were on. Yeah, just for depth purposes, I think they'll just kind of hang around for a little bit. Now look, if you want to put them on superstars and main event to work with young tag teams and just hide them there, that's fine. I, I kind of think that's the role. We'll see. But they'll get bored again, and they'll be tag title holders at some point pretty soon. But for, at least for the time being, I think that they're, that's just kind of their, their MO for right now. It's just going to – The weird thing is I, I, don't, I don't think they'll win the tag title because I think there's something to the fact that they've won so many tag team titles. And you know, Bubba Ray's a guy who's had some heat with some people, important people in that company. And 
I think this is one of those petty wrestling things where I don't think they want them to win another tag team title. I, I, I think that, that, that they will not do that because I think they would have here. Why wouldn't they have just traded them here with New Day? Yeah. But I mean, I, and here's the weird thing about Bubba Ray Dudley. I would love to see him do something closer to what his gimmick was in TNA rather than this dated 1999. Yeah, he, he's so much more valuable in that mid-card or upper mid-card, just wrestling dudes and, and, and getting their single guys ready more so than their tag. They have enough. The tag depth is not an issue. If they, I mean, there, there's there's a handful of teams that they could bring up tomorrow from NXT to add depth to the you know the tag roster or whatever. Yes, they're not working with you know old veterans or whatever, but there's there's got a lot of guys on those roster. I mean, look at the Lost Matadores. I mean, they're not like... You know, they're not like rookies out of developmental. I mean, those guys have been around for a long ass time too. So I think there's way more value in him working as a single and working with those sort of guys and, and, and building the mid card and building those upper mid card guys and, you know, doing a feud with a Cesaro or something. You know, you know what I mean? Like that's where I think you really get a lot of value out of him. Devon is absolutely worthless in all. He is. He's worthless. I mean, he's, and he knows it too. I mean, that dude is just cashing a check. He knows it. And I, I hate more power to him. By all accounts, he's a really nice guy, but he, I, I mean, I don't want to watch him in 2000. Oh, I'm sure he knows it. He knows it too. 15. I'm not so sure the man thinks he's worthless, Rich, but I see, I I see worthless, what you're saying. No, I, mean, like, I mean that he knows, like, screw it, why am I going to kill myself? What the hell? Just come out here, you know? I, I, I genuinely think, though, that there is real value in the Bully Ray character or derivative of it on the, on the roster because I think he's excellent in that role, and I think he's so much more interesting than this 1999 shit. But they're never going to do that because, you know – the Dudley Boys in, in in this universe are 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 the nineteen ninety nine Dudley Boys, and and Bully Ray was something that he did somewhere else, and and uh, you know it's, but but I think he'd be much more valuable in that role, and and he was one of the better things about TNA during that run, you know, doing that gimmick. So I I don't know, I just I've never liked the Dudley Boys. I just they do nothing for me, and this match didn't do much for me other than and the mercifully end the feud. Yeah. Uh, one of the matches I really enjoyed, actually, from this uh, card was the uh, WWE Divas Championship of Charlotte defending the championship against Nikki Bella. And surprisingly, I was actually shocked. I thought Nikki Bella was going to win here or something was going to happen, but Charlotte won. And uh, kind of a, I won't say a definitive win, but at least it it, it made her look like a, a real player in this division. And uh, people have sort of been counting down the days when they're going to kind of get bored of her or whatever. But it seems like for the time being that she's going to be an important part. And this is really good. I thought Nikki was good in here, and I thought Charlotte was good in this match, too. I thought it was overall, <laughs> you know, shockingly one of the best uh, matches on the entire uh, in the entire show, I think. This, Top three, at least for me. This was the second best match on the show, and I would put it I would put it below that pre-show, but that I didn't, I didn't see that. Yeah. So to me, from what I saw, it was the second. Yeah. Best no, that's fair. That's absolutely fair. Um, I I think I don't think Charlotte is as bad as people say she is. I don't think she's particularly good, but I think she takes a little too much shit. Um. I don't think she's nearly as bad. I think people have really gone running with that and gone a little too far with it. She's perfectly competent. She's all right. Um, and, and and this match was, you know, look, bo- both of them I thought were really good here. And I like that Nikki Bella was working over Charlotte's back so that she couldn't arch to lock in the figure yeah. eight. I, I, I enjoyed that. Um, I, before I watched the show, I saw that people were going nuts because there was a spot at the end of the match where um, there was an apron bump and then a quick recovery from the apron bump for the finish. So I was <laughs> I was expecting to be annoyed by it like everyone else was. But then I watched the match and I wasn't annoyed by it at all. Um, I thought it fit into the story of the match. 
I'm not someone who goes crazy over apron bumps. There's some people who they see an apron bump and they think that the wrestlers are committing just a, a vile act. I Look, I don't know. I see a lot of apron bumps. I don't see a lot of people getting hurt from apron bumps. I mean, what's the big deal? They're professionals and it's their bodies. I don't want to get into that whole thing again, but – uh, the apron bump didn't bother me from a safety perspective, but it, those things rarely do. I'm an extremist when it comes to that. And it didn't bother me in, in the context of this match or the, or, or the recovery because it's not like – this wasn't like the previous match where Charlotte went on this Roman Reigns rampage full of energy and bursting with life. Then it may have bothered me. Uh, Nikki went for the rack attack as a follow-up to the apron bump, which was smart and good psychology. And Charlotte escaped and like put her and like used a schoolboy, like a desperation move. You know what I mean? It's not right. like Charlotte sprung to life and ignored the damage to her back. Well, and, and Charlotte wasn't like absolutely dead to rights like Roman Reigns was. Like you're like you're saying, like Bray Wyatt had to physically pick up Roman Reigns because there was just no life left in him. He was dead. And oh wait, no, now I'm good. You know? like, and then he, like you didn't get that with Charlotte. I mean, Charlotte was struggling and her back was being worked on or whatever, but it wasn't like she was absolutely dead to rights and oh my god stop the match it's over she's so done and and yeah she won by a role i mean like kind of she didn't win like, it by it, but the, the first she, oh well not that's i yeah, didn't win first but she attempted yeah it, she yeah. attempted like this desperation roll up which is a lot different than just recovering so quickly that you're as fresh as you were when the bell first rang which is what roman reigns did and which why that really bothered me and then you know they went for another minute or two and then she finally locked on the figure eight and nikki tapped i didn't have a problem with any of that at all i thought everything in that match worked i thought the match had very sound psychology and i thought the apron bump looked cool as fuck god go, you could call me a massacre or a say which is the one that delivers the pain uh, I feel like I, I should know this, but I always get confused. <laughs> the thing is, I'm not into S&M. That's not my deal. You know what I mean? I think a sadist likes delivering. No, is it? Yeah, a sadist. So it's not like I'm some sadist who likes watching people, you know, uh, uh, attempt to parallel. Yes, yeah, uh, sadists are uh, individuals who, who derive pleasure from the suffering of others. Right. So, yeah. so it's not like I'm some kind of sadist who likes watching people do apron bumps just because I'm hoping someone gets paralyzed or something. I just thought I think apron bumps look cool. And I'm a wrestling fan, and I'm watching to see shit that looks cool, okay? That's why I watch. I watch to be entertained. So I thought the apron bump looked cool. I thought it worked in the context of the match, and uh, and I enjoyed the match a lot. I thought both of the women here uh, did solid jobs. Charlotte, now to be, now look, Charlotte has been bad at times, especially on some of these Raw matches, but I thought she was good here. I didn't have a problem with her performance. Yeah. And Nikki, Nikki really stood out. We're, we're ones that kind of always make fun of the, you know, Nikki's perpetually, you know, improving and like, you know, she's, she's every every month. Oh my god, she's improving. Oh my god, like okay, at some point, like there's a cap to to improving or whatever. But this was the first time I think I finally bought in, or at least a match where I said, yeah, wow, she was legitimately like the the best one in this match and really a big part of why this match was good. And that's 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 good. I mean, that's good for the she, division. It's good for her. She was so. good here, and this was a good match. I call it like I see yeah. it. Um, but. I thought Meltzer pointed out something that was hilarious, though. When she went up for her, like, uh, Masaki Mochizuki kick that she does off the second turnbuckle or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the, um, the slap in the leg. She, <laughs> she slapped the leg even though she missed. Oh, my God. <laughs> Commitment. How cringy is that? That is super cringy. Um, but, you know, it, look, good match, good performance from both people involved. Second best match in the show. Yeah, I, I went third, but, yeah, of course. that's Second's fine. Uh, Seth Rollins Kane. This uh, I think it was also we'll we'll go with your theme of boring, but at least I the thing that I loved about it when it was over, I just like I, I had a deep sigh of relief because of the way it ended was just Seth Rollins proved that he was better than this annoying old guy Kane, and that was it. 
And it was like, that's the only story you had to tell. And I was like, I, I, I and I, people were getting mad at me on Twitter because they're like, oh, this wasn't a successful thing. This wasn't, a, but the end, the last, you know, the optics of how it ended to me were so, was it, it doesn't make up for the crap that, that Rollins have been going through. And it doesn't make up for the crap of this being like a featured feud or whatever. But the optics of the, the, the last time we saw Seth Rollins and Kane, it was Seth Rollins just whooping his ass and that was it. And I thought that was so refreshing, so good, and and so undoubtedly. Because you know what I mean? Like, it, it'd be almost something... I expected Seth Rollins to win and then Kane, you know, chokeslam him afterwards. Because that's that's the shit you happen all the time. Especially with Rollins. But it was like, no, he, he just he just won. He just proved he was the better guy. And that's that's a rarity these days in WWE. So I, I enjoyed it from that aspect. Good booking. I agree with everything you just said. Beat him clean as a sheet, right? Right in the center. Pedigree. See you later. Another flat finish, by the way. What was it with this show... With the flat finishes. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so the booking, very sound. I agree with everything you just said. Glad it was a nice, clean blow-off. And as we know now, Kane is going in a completely other direction. So Seth Rollins just definitively won the feud. I love shit like that. The problem was this match was boring as fuck. Yeah. And even Seth Rollins working his fucking ass off to fly around in this match, especially down the stretch, could not save this match from being boring as fuck. And the other thing that stuck out like a sore thumb here was the WWE World Heavyweight title match was firmly planted in the mid-card oh, yeah. of this show. Which, again, I mean, you know, I, I, I kind of feel bad for Seth Rollins because you nailed it. You wrote the article. He's having one of these Rey Mysterio Jr., uh, Jack Swagger. Nothing will be as bad as the Jack Swagger run. But that one was pretty historically awful. The Miz, Miz the Miz had an awful is having one. one of those runs where they just—it's it, clear that they—they don't—they—they they, he has the title, but no one in that company sees him as the top guy, and he's not booked as the top guy. It's just you know he's he's got the title, but it doesn't really mean anything in that in that context, and it's a shame because I think he's really working his ass off in this role. And he's doing everything that's asked of him. Yeah, I mean, he's doing a great job with the characters too. Because when I wrote that article, a lot of people were, 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 were you know, commenting and, and and tweeting at us and stuff. And like, and, and it's nothing against him. I mean, that guy has knocked it out of the park. Every time he's in the ring, I'm I'm enjoying him almost. You know, I'm enjoying him more than I ever have. This run of Seth Rollins right now that I'm seeing almost. I mean, maybe the Shield run I'd probably put there, but this blows away his ROH stuff. It blows away a lot of his the NXT and FCW stuff that I saw or whatever. For me, this is the best run I've seen of Seth Rollins. It's like he's finally got it. He's figured it out. He knows how to work. He's got this sort of stuff. I mean, I, I recalled in that SummerSlam match, that was a, a big one. It was him and, you know, obviously him and John Cena. And I said, wow, this was like the the... 100% coming out party of Seth Rollins being better than John Cena in that match and just working his ass off and being the guy in that match. And that's was I was like, okay, I mean, this guy is ready to go. He's got everything. He's I think he's done a great job with the, the character work that they've given him. It's just the story shit. It's just garbage. You know what I mean? Like, he even even when he's cutting these terrible promos, he's doing a great job of it. He's doing a great job of, of getting heat. But it's just like there's nothing you can do in the end when you're feuding with corporate Kane about, you know, it's just there's just this bizarre stuff in it. It's it's. It sucks. It sucks because it's a great run and we're going to look at it and laugh at it and, and it's going to go down historically, like you said, with those other runs. And it doesn't deserve to do that because it's, 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 it's been good. The, the, the performer has done everything he can in his power. It's just, Absolutely. you know, you're, you're at the limitations of the guys that are writing the show. Look, it's and, not easy to have a great match with Kane. And it's not easy to have a great match with Kane in 2015 when Kane is pushing 50 or whatever the fuck he is. So, um, you know, it's, it's, and, you know, I, I, I don't – my favorite Seth Rollins run would probably be at the end of Age of the Fall and then where it was clear that he was going to be the breakout star uh, right after the four-way in Philadelphia where he won the four-way. Okay. 
um, and then lost to Nigel McGuinness later that night in that great match, um, which was his breakout performance in Ring of Honor. And it was, it was where they where Gabe made him a star um, from that match until they waited too long to put the title on him somewhere in that neighborhood. That would be my favorite Tyler Black run, Seth Rollins, Tyler Black run. But you're right. I mean, as you were saying that, I was I was going to. I was thinking, oh, this is an absurd thought that this is your favorite run. But then as you were talking and I was thinking about it, he's had a lot of really good matches on this run. And, and you know, and against all odds with the booking against him and with some, uh, you know, uh, um, and some shitty feuds and, and, and being forced to go out there and get these awful promos on Raw every week. So, you know, you're right. This has been a pretty good. I mean, run. go back to Rumble. Go back to WrestleMania. Yeah. I think even that match with even that nothing match with Randy Orton in the open, you know, the, the beginning of WrestleMania yeah. was a match I really loved. And SummerSlam, great stuff. The double, you know, the Night of Champions, the double matches. I mean, it's, it's a lot of stuff in there. It's a very I, and I went, you know, in doing that article, I went back and looked and I went, God damn, this guy has just had a really, really good run. Like, no, you're right. It's better than I'm giving credit for. And I, I, I might put it ahead of his shield run, which I thought in ring he was the best thing about the shield in ring. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you know, you could, you, you, WWE, I mean, you're right. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's better case. than people yeah, it's, think. It's been a lot of fun. So, and it, it might take him losing the title and eventually when he does, which we'll talk about might come, you know, at Survivor Series, it might be that before people sort of finally real, oh my God. Okay. And, and really realize, really contextualize that run. But I mean, he's had a really good year. I mean, he's not in many of the conversations in terms of wrestler of the year sort of stuff. And, and I, I'm fine with that. That's okay. But I think, you know, I mean, it's a guy, don't sleep on him. He's had a very, very good year. As far I could see him in a most outstanding conversation. I can't see him in a Flair Thez conversation because business no, is in no, the no. shitter. But um, I could see him in a most outstanding conversation. Absolutely. Uh, move on to Kevin Owens Ryback. So this was uh, interesting uh, WWE Intercontinental Title match. Uh, what about five minutes? I don't know if you got this vibe from it, but I got this vibe from the match that it seemed. They had something long planned, and it seemed like the first, you know, maybe half of the match, or even the first three-fourths of the match, seemed like it was kind of like, okay, they were getting ready to settle in for about 10 minutes, and then all of a sudden, something happened, and within, like, that next two minutes, the match was over, and these guys were, seemed like they were just going nuts. They were rushing. Like, it was like, I think Ryback went to the outside, they did a, a, a you know, a fake, you know, kind of count-out thing, and then Ryback got in the ring, and then it was like, in the next minute, it was over, and it was just like, they were just cruising and going nuts to try to finish this. I feel like they got a time cue halfway through and said, hey, look, like... Wrap this bad boy up. I, I don't know what happened here. I don't know if this was the plan for the match the entire time, but it just didn't work. This was, by I, I would say, probably the worst Kevin Owens match I've seen in WWE. This was, without question, the worst Kevin Owens match in WWE. It's, Is there even one close? No, it's the first bad match. Because you're watching all the main event and superstar stuff. And, like, and it's it, all it, great. It's here, I mean, right? this guy's yeah, killing yeah. it every time. This was the first bad match that he's had in the company. Um, it, this was a bad match. This wasn't a... a decent match, an average match, and it was okay. This was a bad match. It wasn't a good match. Mm -hmm. And the feud went, this was one match too long. It should have been over the last time he beat this guy. There's no reason to have him face Ryback again here. Uh, it's fucking Ryback. He beat him already. Put him in the rear view. Let's move on. But it looks like that's what they're finally doing now. Uh, but this was one match too many for the feud. It wasn't a good match. Kevin Owens is my WWE wrestler of the year. Um, he has killed it. Every time he's been on TV, he's been no less than very good except for this match. Every other match he's had has been very good or better. He's had under-the-radar stuff against Jack Swagger 
on uh, main event or superstars. It was main event, which was a great match uh, that that very few people have watched because no one watches main event. Killed it in NXT on his NXT run. Killed it in all his matches against Cena. Killed it in his matches against Balor. Kills it on Raw every week, whether it's in these wacky four ways or against Cesaro or whoever else. This was the first bad match that he's had. And um, I'm glad that hopefully we won't be seeing him in there with Ryback moving forward. That's not a real good opponent for him either. No, they've had weird chemistry. Yeah, it, it, it's it's good to move on. There's too many other guys in this company to be given Ryback all this all these chances. You know what I mean? Like, and I, I'm a guy who actually enjoys Ryback, but there's just so much more that Kevin Owens can be doing and that Intercontinental title can be doing than just you know floating between Ryback. I mean, we're still. I mean, that's that's the the hangers ons of that Ryback Miz Big Show feud. Remember that garbage? Yeah. Like, let's just let's get done with that. That was a bad period. Let's just move on. Like, let's let's distance from all those guys. But, you know, who knows? Probably go back to the Miz now. (laughs) I don't know what the hell they're going to do. All right. So we'll move on to the main event now. It was Brock Lesnar, of course, defeating The Undertaker. A little over 18 minutes. I went four stars with this. I think I liked it a lot more than you, but I'll let you go first. Then I can kind of defend my end of it. This was the only other match on the show besides the Divas title match that I didn't hate. I mean, it was okay, but I didn't love it as much as other people did. It was good. It was a good match. Um, You know, I don't have any major beefs with it. I like that Lesnar used a low blow towards the end of the match, sort Mm -hmm. of in payback. Nice callbacks. Undertaker's been giving this guy low blows for years. You go back to his first run, he's been using the low blow on Lesnar. So that was a nice little story touch there. I like that. Again, we have – this was what? The fifth match on the show? Let's count them up. We had uh, Reigns, Wyatt. We had New Day, Dudleys, Seth Rollins, Kane, Kevin Owens, Ryback. Fifth show on the card where it was a clean blow off to a feud. You got to love that. Okay? You got to love that. Lesnar beat him definitively and finished the guy off, and he's done with him, and he's moving up and moving on. Uh, I thought the finishing sequence was kind of cool, you know, ripping up the apron and then uh, Lesnar reversing and hitting the F5 and then finally, you know, putting him away. But, you know, I thought it was a good match. I I didn't think it was a great match. I don't have any problem with anyone who thought it was a great match, though, because it had, you know, a lot of elements of a great match and a lot of things that I think people would have really liked. It just didn't. And it could have been because I was so annoyed at this show. And by the time I got to this match, that it was really going to take something really special for me to really think. I, look, you know, we're human beings when we watch these shows. Do you know what I mean? And it's like I just watched three hours of pure shit. Yeah, if something was boring you before. I mean, you're kind of lost or you're done. You know, you know I mean, you can't switch it on every single time a new match yeah, starts. Yeah, you know, so maybe. Kinda, I mean, maybe, what happens in the fourth match in the card can affect the main event or <laughs> your enjoyment of the main you event. Know, like if that. this were the opener, maybe I would have liked it more. Maybe I wouldn't have. Maybe I would have. I don't know. But it's not like I didn't like it. I liked it. I thought it was a good match. But since you uh, loved it, I'll, you know, I should give. Yeah, I mean, I love might be a little bit strong. I, I thought it was I thought it was very good for for the limitations that you have with the undertaker these days. And in terms of, I, I thought one of the cool things of course, is that we were sort of worried about the limitations of the hell in the cell. And both those guys kind of said nuts to that. We're just going to do, you know what you should probably do at the end of a blood feud in a hell in a cell match. And that's, you know, there was some blood in there. There were some elements that, that uh, what I think what I liked most about it was that it wasn't, you, you know, you look at that first hell in a cell and you look at everything that's wrong with tropes of like WWE hardcore weapons matches in this PG era. And I don't like, you know, I'm not one of those guys that likes to go, Oh no, we need blood and we need guts and chair shots and all that. stuff. I don't care about that. But I, I use PG as this like modern sort of the way WWE books, like you said, last man standing, I quit matches. It's all the same shit. It's like, let me get a kendo stick and I'll put you through a table and then I'll climb up a ladder sometimes. Like that's all you get really. 
This one felt different. It felt like, okay, look, like we're not going to have that sort of match. We're not going to have a plunder match. We're going to have a brawl. We're going to have a fight. Like it's it, it's gotten beyond this point of us just having a wrestling match. And it's going to be, you know, one of these guys has to kill the other guy to win or whatever. And it felt like that from the beginning. These guys were very rough. It, it was, you know, there was a lot of uh, brawling on the outside and stuff. And I could see how people, if you're not into that brawling, if you're not into blood and brawling and that sort of stuff, you might not like it. But I, I thought it needed, this is the exact, this is the perfect match for this feud at this time in this venue, in this Hell in a Cell. Everything, I, I think just everything fit perfect. For that, like you said, the ripping up of the ring, I thought was a nice touch too. Of like, okay, we can't, we can't just have a normal, you know, I hit this move in the middle of the ring and it's over. It has to be a little bit more. It felt like they, they throughout the entire match, they just wanted the stakes to be a little bit higher. That it has to be something more than what you're going to get for your your everyday main event. And I think that's important, especially when you have Brock Lesnar, is to make everything that he does feel different, feel important, feel you know unique. And I, I thought that's that's absolutely what we got with this match. It didn't feel like any other normal WWE main event. It felt special. It felt like this was really the, the definitive way to blow off this feud and end this feud and and get these guys in different directions, get Lesnar to go do whatever he's going to do, get Undertaker to do now what we know after the show to do. I just I really like that aspect of it. It had a big match feel to it, too, and I feel like the crowd was knew that as well. The crowd was very much invested in everything these guys did throughout the entire – I mean, every move – sort of meant something to them. And, and that's I think that's important to do that. Whereas the Roman Reigns Bray Wyatt, in, after the 15th kendo stick to the Kevlar, I was like, okay, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, you don't get anything, but every punch in this match felt like, okay, wow, geez. Like, maybe it was the blood. I don't know what it was, but it felt like everything was important. And there was so much little nuance in there too. You know, Lesnar, you know, taking off his fist or taking off his glove to punch Taker, you know, using the the... Using the cage, as you said, where you know Roman Reigns and Bray Wyatt didn't ripping up the ring, that sort of stuff, all that sort of mattered, and it all made sense, and it all, it it, it just fit. It fit exactly for what you kind of want out of this this match and this you know at the end of this card and the end of this feud. So I enjoyed it from that aspect. I, was it a very good match? Was it like a match of the year contender? No, I don't even know if it's a match of the month contender to be honest. But I thought it was it, it was it, it fit this perfect, and I, I gave it four stars because I just enjoyed I, I enjoyed it from a from a standpoint of just sit down and, and watch it and enjoy it sort of aspect. You know what I mean? Like it, it, the, the ring work wasn't spectacular. It wasn't amazing. It wasn't, Oh my God, go back and watch it again. It's, it's, it's just, it fit the context of everything that it needed to do. It was a, it was the perfect match for this situation. There was a very cringy spot where Lesnar had the ring steps and Undertaker was supposed to kick them into his head. Yeah, that was bad. That, that was yeah. he sort of Undertaker for sort of forgot the kick and Lesnar just hit himself in the head with the ring steps. Um, but I mean, it felt like a cell match. Whereas the Wyatt Reigns match did not feel like a Hell in the Cell match. Yeah, this one felt like a Hell in the Cell match. Uh, I do think it'll 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 crack the match at a month list, and I think it has a decent chance to win. Actually, depending, you know, of course, what else we get in a month. I think you're underrating it a little bit from that perspective, because um, I think people really liked it. But um, yeah, I don't know. It was a good match. It, it just didn't didn't. I, I it seems like I don't like it as much as it seems like I don't like this entire show as much as I, it se- this show got zero thumbs down in the Observer. Which that was shocking that I, I could not believe because I, I enjoyed this show, but not to that standpoint, not of like an absolute. Oh, my God, this is no. I mean, this is a match. This is a show I will never, ever, ever watch again. You know what I mean? Like even in 20 years, if I'm thumbing through the network, there is zero chance oh, I ever clicked. Hell in a Cell There's nothing here you'd want to watch yeah. twice. Um, you know, this was an easy thumbs down for me. I I thought it was the least enjoyable WWE pay-per-view this year. Wow. Oh man. I really I do. I mean, throw one at me. Maybe Oh, I gotta I gotta look at these. Let's let's look at these here real because quick. Because I thought it's boring be from start to finish. I thought the whole show was kind of boring. And and that's the thing, Rich. You know me, if it's boring, you're gonna lose me. 
I, I, yeah. I, I, I need, I like action. I like, this was a boring show. I mean, it just didn't, it did nothing here, you know? So that's important to me. Um, you know, well booked and all, but it's just, the matches were boring, man. And, and money in the bank had Owen Cena. That was fun. The thing, a lot of these to... other shows and they've had a good pay-per-view year, actually. Yeah. They've had a really good pay-per-view and year. And I really so. liked SummerSlam, which was a show a lot of people didn't like. And, you know, even some of the shows that weren't great top to bottom, a lot of these WWE pay-per-views had some great matches on them this year. Yeah, Elimination Chamber had another Owens, you know, one, so can't, won't count that one. That one's pretty this good. Was the, this was the, look, I've reviewed every Yeah, it might be. Yeah, I don't know. I've reviewed every one of these shows for Fighting Spirit. So, I, this was the one I enjoyed the least. I, payback was pretty terrible. Go back and look at Payback. I run, I think run through that. Cool. Run through that. Uh, payback, okay. Oh, it was, yeah, uh, Sheamus, yeah, this was terrible. Yeah, Seamus Dolph Ziggler. I knew it was one. I, I don't remember if it was Battleground or Payback. It was Battleground the past few years. This year's uh, Battleground was okay. But yeah, Payback now, I remember being really, really. Uh, you had Seamus Dolph Ziggler, uh, New Day, uh, Kid and Cesaro, which wasn't bad. That was the two out of three falls that they had. Uh, Bray Wyatt, Ryback. Uh, Cena, Rusev, and that horrible I quit match. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Naomi, Tamina, and the Bellas. Mm-hmm. Neville, King Barrett. And then the four-way, which is Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, Ambrose, and Randy Orton, which was just not very good either. You're right. So that that that's that's my winner there. That is a contender for sure. Um, that's a contender for sure. I'd have to think about it. But that was not a good show at all. There was a lot. See, that show had more bad than this show had bad. This show was boring. Like I said, I don't think this was a bad show. Yeah, there was nothing like outwardly horribly bad. I just thought it was a boring show. The only bad match was Owens Ryback. But everything else was just boring. So yeah, Payback's a definite contender. It's one of those two for me, which it seems like I'm out on an island because I guess people liked this show. I don't know. I just thought it was boring. All right, uh, any other WWE thoughts before we move on to some other stuff? Uh, no, not relating to this. I guess not. We did Del Rio. Yep. Um, no, I guess we can move on. I'm trying to think if there's anything else big WWE-wise. Not much right I mean, now. I guess we should um, talk about the angle where, with the Wyatts attacking Undertaker. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I thought we've, we've, <laughs> we missed that. That was the important part. I kind of hinted towards it in the main event. But, of course, yeah, the you know Undertaker gets his sympathy after the match. You know, Brock Lesnar's dead and gone. He's, he leaves and no more anymore for him. Uh, and then, yeah, Undertaker's out there getting kind of sympathy claps. And the Wyatt family comes out. And initially I went, oh, God, because oh, I don't want to – I don't want like a Bray Wyatt Undertaker. But, you know, if it's, if it's Wyatt family versus Undertaker, Kane, and a few other guys or whatever, that's not a big deal to me. I, 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 I'm kind of okay with it. I just don't want any singles matches between Undertaker and any member of the Wyatt family unless it's, unless it's Luke Harper. But I don't think that's going to happen. It's, so. it's garbage. It's a garbage angle. It's junk. Um, I've I mean, you know it is. I mean, at that point, you kind of have to just go, okay, He beat him already. You know? I mean, it's like, yeah. Well, yeah. No, that never happened. In, in, in WWE's world, that never happened. Yeah, why are they going back to this well? It's like, I don't know. I have no interest in this. How can anyone have any interest in this? I, it can't. It, it cannot end up being Bray Wyatt and Undertaker. That would just be so awful if it does. I mean, I, I'm holding out hope that it's not, but, you know, it's probably going to be, isn't it? I think it's going to be maybe Strowman Undertaker. Yeah, Braun Strowman. Oh, God, can you imagine? And I like Strowman. I really do. But, man, that's a... That's a mid-90s throwback for The Undertaker. Here's this big stiff. There you go. <laughs> have fun. I mean, you know, but maybe Strowman beats him. He doesn't have the, the streak anymore. So right. it's like, you know, if you do it at WrestleMania, I mean, could they – will they have the balls to do that at WrestleMania? <laughs> I mean, 
Probably. I that's that's tough though. You know what I mean? Like that's a hard sell. Hundred thousand seats. Undertaker's yeah, making, a key making guy. that guy lose in his hometown. Is that the match you put Undertaker in? You gotta fill all those seats. I I I hope I dear God if anybody has to follow that. But you know what I mean? There's gonna be some backlash. Not even even without the streak, there's gonna be backlash. There. Do you remember a couple years ago though, this time of year, where Meltzer revealed the WrestleMania card and it was John Cena Bray Wyatt, and people were like, That's crazy. How can John Cena it, it it doesn't have the same shock element that it did at the time, but people were genuinely shocked that John Cena was being booked with Bray Wyatt. Remember that? Yeah. yeah. Like, why on earth are they wasting a Cena match on this guy? So it could be kind of the same thing where in November, we're like October, November, we're like, what? They can't be doing that with The Undertaker. But if the, the plan is to give this guy some kind of mega push, you know, maybe by the time WrestleMania rolls around, it makes sense. I, I, you know, I don't, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility if that's Undertaker's match. No, no, I agree. It's not out of the realm of possibility. I just don't know if I would do that. I mean, even though I know that's what you want to do with this guy, and that's at least what you should do with the Undertaker is have him give that, you know, give that heat back or do, do something like that. Man, doing that at WrestleMania in Texas, Braun Strowman defeating the Undertaker. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. <laughs> It'd be tough to follow that up. You know what I mean? Like, who's ever after that, and the next few matches after that are, are gonna. People are not going to like that. The majority of the people there are not going to want to see that. I or I don't know. Maybe Braun Strowman hits fire and everyone's ready to do it. I, I don't maybe know. Maybe we're in the bubble. Maybe that. I, know, yeah, that, that's possible. Maybe, I don't know. Yeah, the that, universe that would want to see a match like that. Seems like a tough sell to me, but no. I, I and I'm 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 not arguing. I, I think that is potentially what we're going to see as as that. And maybe you know maybe Undertaker wins and and Strowman gets a title match back. You know the next or not a title match, but a, you know a rematch the next month or something like that. I I don't know, but yeah, it's. I could see it. I mean, I, I, I definitely, definitely could see it, but oof. <laughs> it's just not going to look good. Uh, what do you want to get to? We have a bunch of uh, Japanese stuff. We got some Dragon Gate, New Japan, Noah, anything Let's in particular? Let's do the New Japan quickly. Now, I, I, we're not going to review the show because I did that already last week on the, yep. on the solo show. But I was shocked with something that Meltzer wrote in The Observer where he was ripping the Corican crowd for the uh, and Hall show with the first round of the junior tag tournament. Rich, I, I saw you tweet on it earlier, and I tweeted on it um, actually in the wee hours um, last night. We It looks like we're on the same page. I completely disagree with Meltzer. I thought the crowd was fine for that show. The crowd, yeah, the crowd didn't react to the main event because the main event was any good. I mean, and I thought that... What do you want them to do? Scream at something that's not engaged, not doing it They reacted for like, the finish just fine, and they... Exactly, and, and like, you, you can pick out little individual parts of that entire show. I mean, you look at the opener. That was actually the hottest match of the entire night because it was a really good match, that opener. The Young, the, the young Lions versus what, Ishii, uh, Shibata, and I forgot who the other... I'm blanking on the last I, guy. I, I only watched the tournament matches. I, oh, you... Oh, my God, watch... Are you kidding? I... Look, Rich, I'm right now. Here. When when this is over, when this you is know over, how far behind I am. I'm yeah, when this Bola night two, I, I, <laughs> I, I'm behind on on like every company in the world. I we're about to show our ass on this Dragon Gate preview. I haven't so. watched Dragon Gate in months. I mean, I I got so much shit to watch. You know, you you got to get cut me a break. And you got to go watch that. You you will love it. I will. You will absolutely love it. it you will love that opener, and you'll see that the the suddenly the the dire crowd the. The microcosm of all the problems of New Japan and the crowd in Kurikin will suddenly <laughs> explode to their feet at the sight of something uh, actually fun and good. So, well, look, yeah, but that... I thought they reacted well to the four tournament matches. I didn't think 
that the crowd was, they were fine. the crowd was fine. And it, what do you want them to do when they're exchanging, you know, ground game stuff between Alex Shelley and Matt Seidel? But, but what are they this, supposed to but do? That's the thing. I thought they were reacting to everything in those matches. I didn't. And, and look, people can go back if they didn't listen to my solo show. I said the same thing long before the observer came out. I talked about how the crowd was good. I talked about how for once, if you give, if new, this goes to show, if new Japan gives Cork in a decent show, that means something. Because the fans aren't stupid, they'll buy tickets to it. And Rich, it sold out because they were finally getting a show that was important. The Corican fans aren't dumb. Gato's been giving them horse shit for a year. So they're not coming to these Corican shows to watch eight-man tags. But they, they gave them a Corican show that had a little bit of importance. And, and look, look at that. They sold it out. It's just a matter of booking decent shit on these Corican shows to get the New Japan fans to fill that building. That's all it takes. They're not gonna, you know, they're not gonna go buy tickets to watch eight man tags, but they'll they'll buy tickets when it's a decent show, and this was the proof. And they and they and I thought and and I spoke about the crowd being, you know, because the thing was there was only four Japanese wrestlers in this tournament, Rich, four, mm-hmm. and they all got eliminated in the first round because I always hear everybody say too, and I think this is something that's overstated. Oh, you can't oh, too many gaijins. These fans will not root for guys. There were four Japanese wrestlers in this tournament, and the crowd reacted fine to all four of those matches. And 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 we're we're relatively hot for all those as hot as they're gonna be for those four matches. They weren't blowing the roof off like it was Tanahashi Okada, but they're not going to. But they, they, the the crowd was good for all four matches, and that was with the four Japanese wrestlers out of sixteen that were booked in the thing getting knocked out in the first round. I think that's overstated too. Yeah, when they were going nuts for Ricochet, I mean, in that main event especially, you yeah. got that. I mean, they were chanting his name the, almost the entire time. I mean, and pretty highly as well. So that was, you know, waiting for him to get that, you know, the hot tag or whatever. So, yeah, I, I didn't – it just seemed very unique. I didn't think for, much of that match. Oh, that, go ahead. They were hot for the finish of that match. Yeah. And did you watch after the match was over? I, I know I don't, a lot of you probably just turned it off like most people did. I, I turned it off, yeah. Seidel and Ricochet spent about 15 minutes walking around, slapping hands, high five. Nobody left either after the match. They did that thing that Tanahashi does, where they go around all the fans. And Ricochet and Seidel were mega over in that building after no one left. They all stayed there to, to high-five them and pat them on the back and, you know, the women squealing and everything else. I mean, you had that too after the match. So I completely disagree. And and it seems like we're not the only ones. There were other people on Twitter too who were like, what the fuck is Meltzer talking about? It's just very out of nowhere. And it seemed like he wanted to write a story more about kind of New Japan's, you know, what's going on with Corican or whatever. Stuff that we've talked about with Corican yeah, and what's he, going on, you know, with... show. He, exactly. Yeah, it just seemed like that's... He wanted to write that story and then that fit the narrative better is that this crowd just wasn't into anything and it wasn't hot or it wasn't why, bad or why whatever. Why did he pick a sold out show where the crowd was good? I mean, that's probably not the idea. A sold out show is probably not the right one to talk about how they don't sell out in like random cities during the G1 or whatever. You, you know, like that's... He wanted to write that story a little bit longer and, and flesh it out a little bit more. And then, yeah, he chose this show in particular and sort of fit a narrative that he sort of kind of came up with in his head a, a little bit. And that, that's fine. If you want to say that the, the matches themselves weren't – because I don't think the matches were very oh, good. Oh, I was yeah. super disappointed by that Completely main event. Agree. Like it was over and I was just staring at my screen going, that, I don't know. That Was the, was that really the – I didn't like it either. That, that match I was, was like great. all those guys and that, that's, not, that's not great, the match? Not a great match. Not, that, you know, not even a good match. Got? I thought that was the worst of the four tournament matches, honestly. Yeah, I thought so too. Um, Just I, outwardly, yeah, it, 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 was, it was, it was, but yeah, no, it wasn't the right show to have that sort of. I mean, there's been so many other shows that you could write that about. And, be, you know, and believe past, me, they'll give you another one pretty soon, probably. Oh, I mean, this, there's going to be a month from uh, what November 13th until about December 2nd that you can uh, you can write. Oh my God, this company is you know. Believe me, you're going to get a Corrigan show with a bunch of eight man tags. 
that sells 1400 tickets probably very soon that you could write this story for this was the, yeah. this was it picked a bad spot here you got the world tag league which is about the driest tournament that they could ever even dream up and yeah you'll you'll have plenty of time to write that story but yeah it was it was unique uh i i, I just didn't get that and it seemed like he didn't want to say that the matches weren't good but he was coming up with other we I, I don't know what he was doing it, he it, was, it's funny because the narrative for this show was that the matches weren't very good. <laughs> Not that the crowd wasn't good or that they didn't, they, they sold it out and the crowd was good. It's the matches that didn't deliver on that show. Um, but, but again, we're not going to go through it match by match. If you want the detailed breakdown, go listen to my show that I did last yep. week. So, um, but I just wanted to touch on that. Cause I, I noticed you tweet about it too. And we didn't talk about that. And I tweeted it, you know, my thoughts on that at like three in the morning when you weren't going to see it. So it was just interesting that you were on the same page. Yeah, it was just it was a weird. I was reading it. I was like, what? What, <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, that's I, I just yeah, it was it was bizarre. But um, some other stuff here going on with New Japan. Uh, we want to talk about real quick. I mean, this stuff, some of the stuff's happening on, you know, next week and we can talk about it on next week's show. But I assume we just kind of get it out of the way now, uh, depending on what we're going to talk about for next week. But uh, obviously, there's a press conference coming up on the ninth, and that's going to essentially give most of the Tokyo Dome. Uh, matches, so we'll have a pretty decent idea, you know, what's going to be set up for Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, the only thing that's still out there is, of course, you know, the world, the, the tag team titles. We we don't know what they're going to do. A lot of that's going to be the World Tag League, which is running from the uh, the twentieth, November twentieth, uh, to December 9th. and we're we're working on we're going to have coverage of every single event, and, and unfortunately uh, or fortunately, they're showing every event of the World Tag League on New Japan World, which is good. That's fun. Uh, some of them are going to be without commentary, that sort of stuff. But we're, we're going to have coverage on there. We're having um. We're going to do it a little bit different than we do some other stuff. The finals are going to be very similar to how we normally do stuff, but you'll see. We we need to add some juice to the tag league because you, you might say you want to read like uh you know night six of the world tag league review, but you you really don't unless we add some juice to it. So that's what we're going to do. So you'll see. Any thoughts on world tag league? We'll get to that when we get there. But I uh, it's the tour that essentially Joe me yeah, essentially Joe me and Rob said we don't want to watch this. Well, so, uh, uh, yeah. well, we have some different voices that will come in. Uh, you've been seeing one of them, Rugan, obviously doing some New Japan reviews, and then we're gonna have Brandon Howard do a lot of them as well. They're gonna sort of team up and 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 take a unique approach to it because we just don't really want to watch those shows. The thing is, this is the forgotten tour every that a lot of people ignore. I always watch it anyway, um, but it's never very good. But And it's the pay-per-view that everybody ignores. Because yeah. when they announce the Wrestle Kingdom card on the 9th, I don't think they should do that. Because then what happens is you just have to play process of elimination and see who's not booked, and you can figure out who's winning the World Tag League, mm-hmm. which, is why, which is part of what kills the tour because the winner is always pretty obvious. Oh, yeah, I mean, Goto and Shibata was so obvious last year. Remember when you were like, hmm, where's Goto? Like, Goto's not booked. All right. We're booked in a match. Never mind. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, um, but look, I think with with the teams that we know are going to be in it and some of the rumored teams that may be in it, uh, you know, I, I think there could be some interesting matchups um, on that tour. Uh, we, You know, there's still it's, – it's possible. We know that the Addiction are in it. Yeah. Um, it, it's possible that the Briscoes are in it. That's still floating around, right? I mean, are they? Do they have conflicting bookings as of this? Week? I haven't checked. I haven't checked. I, I know there was a rumor a few weeks ago. I have not done any digging or research on that yet. So there's going to be a Naito, Los, and Gabernobolis team of some sort. Mm-hmm. So I mean, there's some interesting things that are going to occur on that in that tournament with some fresh teams. And you know, I you know, I will definitely check it out. It's you know, but again, it's it's. The tour that everyone ignores. I mean, hardcore New Japan fans ignore this tour. So, uh, you know, 
they use it as a catch-up period to catch up on other stuff yep. and, and sort of get ready for Wrestle Kingdom. We're going to use it. We're going to start, you know, obviously we're doing the ebook again, the New Japan Year in Review ebook, and this is going to be a big period for us to sort of work on some back-end stuff because we're going to try to release it, of course, before Wrestle Kingdom, and that's always a, a tough thing with the holidays and that sort of stuff. So we're, we're going to work it out. I mean, you're still going to get your same level of coverage, but we're, we're trying to do it in unique ways Yes, as well. So Because it, it can get dry, too. I mean, we're, we're predicting that it's probably going to be a little bit better, but it could also just be the dry. I mean, last year's, I remember us reviewing those shows, so like they're just i mean they're fine but they weren't great you feel like there's resources can be used other you feel like all those shows are the same every night too yeah it it gets kind of mundane for a while so that's fine but we're gonna have unique takes on it so you got that one interesting thing though that um is gonna happen uh in the next few days is shinsuke nakamura has an open challenge for the tokyo dome and at 11 7 the pay-per-view uh from osaka someone at the end of the show um after he I guess defeats Carl Anderson. They sort of said that this is great. Shinsuke. They're basically just like they're telling you the finish of the match. Like this is Shinsuke Nakamura will announce who he's going to face at Wrestle Kingdom after he defends his title against Carl Anderson. So. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura is going to announce who he's defending against the uh, in the Tokyo Dome after he defeats. Oops, I mean defends against Carl Anderson is how that should read. I mean they're basically oh, well, now look. No one thought. You know that. You knew that, but yeah. Come but, I mean, generally, wrestling promotions will not basically tell you the finish before the match occurs, no matter how obvious the finish is. In this case, they're telling you the finish before the match even occurs. Um, Rich, obviously, the speculation is Go Shiozaki is walking out. I think that's what everybody wants to see, right? I, mean, I think, yeah, I, I think that's kind of a mortal lock at this point. Well, I just for troll purposes, I'd like yeah. I'd like Hiroki Goto to walk out. How about <laughs> Makabe. I want Hiroki Goto to walk out, and I want him to say, <laughs> finally you and me will do battle for the Intercontinental Five is going to decide this thing, buddy. I want that belt. I, that's that's what I want to see, um, Hiroki Goto. But I think could we be working ourselves into a shoot, uh, expecting Go Shiozaki to to trot out there? Here's the thing: I don't think it's going to be a New Japan wrestler that walks out because I don't think that they would do this weird special. No, because this look, is too then, much. Why wouldn't just... they just have a? If it's just a New Japan guy, why wouldn't a New Japan guy just walk out like they always do after? Yeah, they're building yeah, exactly. this up as something special, so it's it, it, it's not going to be someone on the roster. Which, you know, th- th- that opens up a ton of new pass. I think it's now a mortal lock that AJ Styles is defending the ROH World Title at Wrestle Kingdom now. Because well, we can talk about. I mean, we can sort of jump to that real yeah. quick. A final battle, of course. We know the main event now in, in Philly is going to be Jay Lethal and AJ Styles for the ROH title. I mean, that that I I would bet my non-existent house that AJ Styles wins that match and, and brings that title to to Wrestle Kingdom for sure. Yeah, and it just it 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 makes too much sense now because you know, the natural match was the match that hasn't occurred yet, which was styles and Nakamura to put that underneath the main event as a strong secondary, uh, drawing match. But you know, Nakamura is going to have this surprise opponent. Um, maybe voices of wrestling dreams do come true and it'll be Masakatsu motherfucking Funaki. <laughs> I feel like it's not, I, I feel like it's not either, but, um, but you know, it, it's, you know, if it's Shiozaki, it's kind of a big deal. They can kind of redeem themselves from the mediocre Wrestle Kingdom match they had a bunch of years ago. I don't know, remember what year that was, 2010, 2011, whatever it was when they had a bunch of Noah versus New Japan matches or they had two of them and um, they split them one and one, I think it was. I can't remember what year. But um, I think they face each other at Wrestle Kingdom anyway. I think. They did, yeah, yeah. That was uh, we, we talked about this. 2011? 2011? Oh, God, I'm going to have to look it's it up. It's 2011. Because people are screaming right now that we don't uh, – we're not – 
Well, you know, nobody knows what random things we're going to bring up. But, I mean, you know, you, you can't. My favorite thing ever everything. is people that like halfway are listening to the show like right now and tweeting at us like, you idiots. Da, 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 and then we have to be like, yeah, listen, like another 10 seconds. Right. Yeah. We'll correct it. Just like let the segment end and then tell us when we're wrong as opposed to. Look, man, I know they faced each other at Wrestle Kingdom. I just I'm not positive. I think it was 2011. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm pouring through here right now. Um, let's see. Go. And Sugera had a match on that. Shiozaki. Oh no, it was Tanahashi. Was it? No, there it is. Okay, no, there it Tanahashi. is. Tanahashi. He, he fought Tanahashi as well at Wrestle Kingdom. No, but he fought. But I'm talking about his. Not- no, that was 2011. No, no, the one against Nakamura was 2011. Right, right. Oh yeah. Okay, yeah. So 2011, yeah. And, and was pull up the card was Sugera. I think uh, Takeshi Sugera. Yeah, let's see what was you got a, here. You got. They did two Noah versus New Japan matches. I'm yeah, where's the other guy here? Um, I'm not seeing the other guy yet. Maybe I'm... Oh, Segura, there it is. It's Segura and Takayama versus Goto and Okada. Right. Segura and then, and then Jeff Hardy versus Naito. That was a barn burner. Goto and Okada. Are you sure? Yeah. Oh, it's Goto and Okada versus Segura and... And Takayama. Right. Yeah, the Jeff Hardy-Naito match was... <laughs> Do you remember that match? Yes. It was horrendous. It was it's... so bad. Jeff Hardy just looked like he wanted to be anywhere other than the Dome. It was just bad. That was the Tanahashi-Kojima main event, or no? Yep, 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 correct. Where Tanahashi beat Kojima for the title, correct? Yep. And mm-hmm. then had the long record-breaking run um, from that point forward. So, um, yeah, that was a 2011 show. Uh, that was a decent show. Wasn't it, the Makabe, uh, Tana, uh, there's a, a Makabe-Tanaka uh, match as the semi-main. That one was pretty awesome, if I remember correctly, right? I don't remember it. I gotta be honest. Is that a good one? I don't. Yeah, I don't remember it. What was that? I don't. Uh, was that the match had where really Tenzan had the put your go to sleep forever opponent weird uh, uh, stipulation match? What did Tenzan do on that show? Uh, Tenzan. Uh, oh, deep sleep to lose match yes. against Azuka. Yeah, deep sleep to lose. The deep sleep to lose. That was awful too. The deep sleep. The deep sleep to lose match. Uh, they need to bring that stipulation back. What, if if we ever do another one of those draft shows, that's the stipulation match. Uh, the, <laughs> the deep, deep sleep to lose match. This is a fun card here. It what? Listen, it was an up and down card. There was a lot of terrible stuff. Yeah. There was- oh, there's oh yeah. There there's uh, Koji Kanemoto and, and Taguchi versus uh, Kenny Omega and Taichi. Mm-hmm. That was a dark match, and then you had uh, <laughs> the opener's pretty good. It's the uh, tag team championships. It's Bad Intentions, Beer Money, and Muscle Orchestra. Yes. Strong man, a little strong man on your new. Yeah, we'll get a little strong man in there. Hector Garza made an appearance. Oh, and he has some prior, wacky, to, prior to dying, man tag or something like that. Uh, he was with it was Dorada, Lasombra, and then Jushin Thunder Liger and Hector Garza. Oh, it was a, it was a two on two. Yeah, uh, RVD versus Toro Yano in a hardcore match. Terrible match. You know, this show wasn't. You know, this had more downs than ups. Now, yeah, now that I'm reading it, uh, but you had Devin and Ibushi. That was a good one. Yeah, that was an excellent match. Right title. Yeah, excellent that was match. And the main event was good. Yep. Yeah. So they, you know, there was more more bad than good though. Yeah, it's it's a little uneven. Yeah. And people complain about shows now, four or five years later. I mean, <laughs> you know. But uh, um, so what was my point here? Yeah. So they get to if it's Shiozaki, they'll get to kind of redeem themselves from the mediocre match they had that year. It wasn't a bad match. It was a mediocre match. It was there. And um, you know, it was nothing you're going to go back and watch again. But, you know, it's it's if it's not Shiozaki, it has to be a high impact outsider. It just has to be. And if it is Shiozaki or someone higher profile than Shiozaki, I mean, what if like Jun Akiyama walked down that aisle? 
I mean, you know, like the possibilities here are endless. It could really mm-hmm. be something great. And then that kind of brings us full circle. It's like, all right, well, now you see why they would put the title back on this guy. Because if he's going to have this huge match at Wrestle Kingdom against this, you know, whatever outsider it is, we'll presume that it's someone huge. Then, yeah, I mean, from a business perspective, like we talked about, you could see why. Yeah, it's a big it. deal. But um, but but we'll see. Everyone, what, what, do you think outsider would count? Noah, what, Noah would still count as outsider. You think in their sort of narrative? I mean, yeah, sure. Yeah. So, is it possible it's one of those guys comes back? I mean, I, I don't know who would it really be that you would hype it. It would have to almost be Suzuki or Bust. You know, you know what I mean? And like that doesn't make any sense. Like you, you can't build this sense. up and have it be you know Shelton Benjamin that comes out. You, you know what I mean? Like it's got to be someone big. And and I uh, we talked about Noah. There's not really any. The, o- the know, only guy where Marafuji, is that really going to light the world on fire? I mean, no, I don't think so. The only guy where it wouldn't be considered a letdown would be Suzuki. But again, it right. doesn't make a ton of sense. No, that'd be stupid. It doesn't make I, sense. And I don't think they're going that direction either because I don't think so. That'd be silly. Yeah, just be beyond silly. I'm so, yeah, I, to, I don't know. I'm starting to think there won't even be a Noah presence on that show. I, I agree. Yeah, I think they're just keeping the shit separate for now. Um, I, I'm starting to think there won't even be a presence. What I like, though, is that it won't be on U.S. pay-per-view this year because the ball would have been rolling by now, right? So, Oh, yeah, yeah. So if they want to have like another five- or six-hour show, they can. And I'm perfectly okay with that for Wrestle Kingdom. Um, I get a little annoyed when there's a four-and-a-half-hour G1 show. You know what I mean? That you have to slog through. But this is the big fucking Wrestle thing. Kingdom, this is, you know. I don't give a fuck, okay? I'll sit there and watch yeah, this. If thing. WrestleMania was six hours every year, I'd probably be okay with yeah, it. It's I like once a year, that. I sit down, I got my buddies, you know, we're watching. Who cares? You know, at that point, I don't care how long yes. it is. And last yeah, don't make extreme rules. I don't want extreme rules to be four and a half hours, but, you know. And we can get the big entrances back. Last year, they yeah, had to yeah. cut some of that stuff because they had to squeeze it into the U.S. pay-per-view window. You guys were sprinting down the ring. <laughs> so yeah, all the juniors the early, had to like, the, yeah. had to like <laughs> do like fucking wind sprints to get down to the ring. And the early part of the show, the matches were all you know in and out, very, very, uh, very efficient. I guess would be a good word. Um, you know, this year the show can go back to breathing a little bit, and they can they can book the fuck out of this show and put twelve matches on it and do long entrances for everybody and not worry about hitting time marks for the matches and just. You know, that's going to be refreshing. This show will have a chance to breathe. It'll probably will be a five hour show. And I really don't have any problem with that. So with that said, maybe they do squeeze a Suzuki match on there. I don't know. Um, But, you know, this opponent, it's very intriguing. Um, Go Shiyazaki is the obvious choice. I wouldn't be let down if it's him because I like him a lot. And I think that's an interesting, fresh matchup. Um, But it's almost like it's going to get to the point where people are going to want somebody else because everyone's expecting Shiyazaki. You see, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. It's going to be a letdown now because we're talking about it. People have mentioned it. it it's he's going to come out and people are going to go, oh, that was so predictable, even though like, you know, <laughs> to, to, to people that aren't as ardent as us, it's not going to seem as. Predictable. And the reason it seems obvious because he just has not popped up anywhere. I mean, he's just gone. He's just nowhere. So the, the idea is, well, he hadn't shown up anywhere. He must have some deal in place with somebody. So why not New Japan? I mean. He made it pretty clear that that was his goal, right? Didn't he mention – he mentioned IWGP in, in an yeah, interview. Yeah, right. So, um, you know, it seems like it's going to be Shiozaki. I won't have a problem with that. Uh, I'll be into that match myself. All right. Uh, staying in Japan, we have uh, Noah real quick, uh, Global League standings. Uh, do you want to 
anything you want to talk about Noah here real quick or do you just want to go through these standings and then sort of we've we've seen some of the shows uh, that have popped up of Global League I think you're all caught up with everything that's been only uploaded two, only two shows have emerged yeah I, I'm, I've seen the first one and then I haven't seen that sec- all that second one I think I watched one or two matches the Cork and Hall show yeah the 1017 show is the show with the awful crowd both attendance and behavior that was the, mm-hmm. the crowd that just wouldn't react to anything and there's visible empty seats like in the front row that is a dire depressing show do not watch that yeah, show. don't watch that one <laughs> there's nothing redeeming there's really show. nothing to see on that show the matches are just fine the crowd aren't into it so the wrestlers aren't working hard you know what i mean it's like it's just d- d- skip it the 1016 show from cork and hall which was actually the night before but the show emerged after the 1017 show because who the fuck knows when and where noah is airing on tv you know there's like three in the morning on the worst channels ever so that i just watched before we recorded this and you know i i skipped the undercards because i don't have time for that shit right now but i watched the uh the four global league matches rich this is a show people need to go out of their way to see it's not as good as the 919 noah show which was gonna end up being their show of the year but the global league matches on this show were a shit ton of fun and uh, I highly recommend them. They're all, you know, 10-minute matches, in and out. You're not going to get any four-star classics or anything like that. Really fun show. Really uh, a quirking crowd that was into everything. And um, just a couple of quick things. Minoru Suzuki versus Kitayama. This is the kind of match that I, I can't imagine any wrestling fan not enjoying. This is Kitayama, the young, fiery guy with his mohawk, taking it right to Suzuki. <laughs> and, and you can imagine what that match is like. Oh yeah. Suzuki stretches him about halfway through the match and the kid is just screaming in pain. I don't want to give away too much. Obviously, you know Suzuki won the match because Kitayama's not beating Suzuki. But watch that match. Tremendous match. Masato Tanaka, Satoshi Kojima was the best match I've seen in the tournament so far. They went out there for 10 minutes and just tried to bash each other's skulls in. That's exactly what I wanted from Masato Tanaka and Satoshi Kojima. Uh, you know, they just went in there and and they worked stiff and they tried to kill each other. Um, so I highly recommend that match. And then another match I want to talk about because it seems like this is becoming a pattern. Shelton Benjamin, Rich, I am digging cranky asshole Shelton Benjamin. Nice. Okay, good. I'm glad. Still, I'm glad he's kept it up. I'm glad it wasn't a one-time. <laughs> it was not. He's still cranky asshole Shelton Benjamin. That's what I'm calling him from this point forward. He is cranky asshole Shelton Benjamin, and he took on Colt. Colto Boom Boom Cabanones on this show, Rich, <laughs> as the announcers were calling him. And Cabana was trolling the fuck out of cranky asshole Shelton Benjamin in this match. And it was incredibly amusing. And, and, uh, and Benjamin just was getting tired of Colt's wacky antics. And this was uh, a, a very good match as well. The, my least favorite match, I believe, was the main event, which was Sagara versus Marafuji. So, and it wasn't bad. It was just there. So okay. that one's skippable. The other three, I strongly recommend. Uh, Tanaka. Fuji. I've been getting that a lot from Mirafuji lately, and I'm a big Mirafuji guy. But uh, it, stuff I've seen in the last few months, it's just kind of, it's just there. I think is the best was, way to describe. It, it. This match was just. I don't know what he. I don't know what's up with him right now. I mean, I'm I'm a guy who, and there's a lot of people who really dislike him. I'm not that, but it's just everything I've watched of him lately has just been dry. I don't know. He really leaves you empty. Um, I, I don't know if I'm expecting more or what. It, I don't know what it is, but it's always over, and I'm always like. Hmm. Okay. And I think he's probably winning this tournament. So, um, you know, unfortunately. But, uh, yeah, a lot to sink your teeth into with that Cork and show. I can't wait to watch the undercard after we're done with it. I'm so into Noah right now. 
Um, you are, yeah. We've been we've been we've been talking more Noah this these past few weeks than we have uh, in in years. So. I am into this Noah. I mean, I just I just love what they're doing in ring. I mean, I you know, um, just I, there's just so much to sink your teeth into, and and this tournament has so many um, um, good looking matchups that I'm praying and hoping make tape. But uh, you know, everything Noah's doing right now in the ring, man, I'm I'm super into. But this this was a good bounce back from the show that uh, from that ten seventeen show, which was like watching a show at a funeral, which is like yeah, that show oh yeah, was like, that was a classic. That was like Noah of like a two years ago or like a year and a half ago or whatever when it was just like there was just nothing, you know, you know. Yeah. It was the ones that I was talking about. It was like you you were falling asleep watching the shows regardless of the work because you're just you're not hearing anything. Like like you said, I, I think you said it on your, your solo show, or I, I don't know if you said it on the Exile on Bad Street. You were better off just muting it. Yes. Because hearing the crowd hearing the crowd not make noise, I, I know it kind of seems weird, but just hearing like the audible buzz of just like a crowd just not doing anything. I, I don't know exactly how to describe it. You have to watch these Noah shows to get it. You hear like coughs. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you hear chairs like scooting and you're like, oh God, like you hear a guy like getting out of his chair. Like you shouldn't hear that. Like that's that, that ten seventeen show. You guys should just click on a you hear guys clearing their throats. You hear like, you, really do. you should, like, you should click on a random match from that show just to see what we're talking about. It is the most dire it's atmosphere. Like dark as shit too. It's like they're in space. It's the just front weird. row is empty. Like it's just, it's like going to a wrestling show at your, at your, at your grandfather's funeral. Like, and everyone's just afraid to be happy. It's just a, such a horrible environment, that show. The core can show much better. Now, the standings, some of these guys only have one match left. Yeah. Some of these guys are six matches in. We're on day nine, right? Um, well, some guys are five matches in. Some guys are six matches in. I don't know what they were at. But by the time all of this footage emerges, the tournament's going to be over, unfortunately. But um, if you want to run through the standings, and so yeah. maybe we could try to break this down and everyone else, uh, if you don't want to hear this stuff, you know, I don't know, skip forward five minutes or something. Yeah. Yeah. If you want spoiler, you don't want to be spoiled from the global league for some reason. Uh, all right. So we'll start with the A block here. Mirafuji, uh, four wins, one loss. He's at eight points. Uh, Segura is tied with him as well. Four wins, one loss, eight points as well. Uh, then you got Tanaka, who's got four wins, but two losses. So he still has eight points as well. Uh, Chris Hero, uh, four wins, two losses, eight points. You got a four-way tie there with eight points. But, of course, you have guys like Marafuji and Segura who are four and one as opposed to four and two. So you would assume that they probably went out or at least, you know, Marafuji certainly um, not went out. But at least, you know, they're going to put some distance between those guys, Tanaka and Hero. Uh, Kojima, two wins, three losses. He's at four points. Uh, David Boy Smith now officially can call himself British Bulldog. David Boy Smith, which is kind of a cool little tidbit that was in the Observer a few weeks ago. Uh, he's got two wins, four losses, four points. And then you have Lance Archer, one win, four losses, two points. And then uh, Quiet Storm, uh, thankfully, last place, one win, five losses, two points for him. So Those four guys are eliminated. Kojima, Smith, Archer, and Smith cannot Yeah, win. no chance. Um, the other guys, I don't know who beat who other than the Marafuji-Segura match. So I don't Yeah, I don't have that in front but of it, me. It, look, it's going to be Marafuji. Marafuji's going to come out. Because like, I... They just did a Segura match against Suzuki, and this would mean they'd have to do two more in a row, right? Because he'd have to face Suzuki in the finals, beat him, and then face him again. Are they going to do right. three Segura matches in a row? I mean, I guess it's possible, but I just don't see it. Um, so, you know, Marafuji's probably going to win that block. And the other block, I think we knew who was going to win this before the thing even started, but I think there's some interesting th- other things going on in this block. So go ahead and give that one. Yeah, there certainly are. Uh, Minoru Suzuki, of course, is the guy that we sort of penciled in there. He's got five wins, uh, ten points, no losses so far. So he's he's. You would assume out and out on his own in front, but no, he is not. The B block, Shelton Benjamin. What what do you what, cranky ass Shelton Benjamin? 
Cranky asshole Shelton Benjamin. Cranky asshole. Okay. Cranky asshole Shelton Benjamin has five wins and zero losses, 10 points. He is tied with Suzuki at this point. That's uh, not, I, I did not predict that in my uh, pick em for the, uh, the global league. We didn't do a pick em, by the way, in case someone emails me and, oh my God, I missed it. No, we, we didn't. We didn't do it. Don't worry. Uh, Nakajima's four win, one loss. Uh, he's got eight points. Maybach Tanaguchi has three wins, three losses, six points. Yone has two wins, four losses for four points. Uh, Colt Boom Boom Cabana has two wins, three losses, four points. And then pulling up the rear, Azuka, five losses, zero points. And Kitamiya, five losses, zero points okay, as well. So, so what they've done here, Rich, and I think this is very interesting, this cranky asshole Shelton Benjamin thing was by design. Okay? They're building him up here. He's undefeated. It's obviously the block is going to come down to him and his stablemate Suzuki. But they've done their best to make Benjamin look like a credible threat because yeah. he's no nonsense. He's out there kicking people's asses. He's winning all of his matches. And, and th- they're making him look like as much of a credible threat as they possibly could have going into that match against Suzuki, um, which I think is very interesting. Maybe some people don't like that. Maybe they figure, you know, you could have had Nakajima be the guy to go up against or a native Noah guy because this makes Suzuki Gun look even stronger when their two guys are going up against each other uh, to determine the winner of the block. But I don't really have a beef with that because I think this is something new and something fresh. Benjamin's kind of a guy who's always just been there, mid-card guy, middle guy in Suzuki Gun. But I tell you, this new attitude of his and the way he's working, it's like a fresh coat of paint. And we all know that motivated Shelton Benjamin is oh, great the best. Shelton oh. Benjamin. He, when he's motivated, the guy is great. And, and he's motivated right now because they've given him something to sink his teeth into. And that's what he's – And you can always see it miles away. Once you get a good Shelton Benjamin match, you can pretty much assume that the next like four weeks of Shelton Benjamin is going to be great. You know, And it was that way with New Japan as well. Yeah. You, you would get that random Shelton Benjamin match. You go, oh, my God, he's really good. And then all of a sudden you'd see it. Oh, okay, he's going to go on a rally for two weeks in the G1 or whatever. And it, it all makes – like you don't get a good Shelton Benjamin match out of nowhere. It, it's, it's, it's calculated and it means something. So, no, it's when he's having a feud with Nakamura over the Intercontinental title or he's going on starting off the G1 4-0 or something like that. And he has all these good matches because he's motivated. And, 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 and he's sinking his teeth in the way he's doing it. And that's what's happening here. So I thought that was interesting. They booked Nakajima, Nakajima pretty strong here. You the only thing I'm a little disappointed in is Kitamiya doesn't have any wins. Yeah. Now look, I didn't expect him to be a major threat here, but uh, you know, he's the guy with the most upside because you know a lot of these heavyweights have have, have just they've been there for this down period. We've they're they're burnt out. People are tired of them. Their time is coming gone. This is a guy that people aren't burnt out on and clearly has a ton of potential. He he did not have a good match against Nakajima. Um, I don't know if you saw that match. That was on the show that I think you did watch, but it was very the death show. Yeah, that wasn't disappointing good. match. Um, but I give everyone on that show a pass because I wouldn't have killed myself on that show either. Okay, to be completely honest, the crowd was so bad. Nothing, you know, every match was the same. They'd come out, work hard, get nothing, and then just put it in in their back pocket and stop working hard by the end of the match. But uh, you know, I'm a little disappointed that they haven't booked him to get a win. He's got two more cracks. I have no idea who he has. Matt. Well, I guess Azuka has to be one of them since neither one of them have a point. I'd like to see him beat Azuka. I mean, there's no reason he shouldn't beat Azuka. But I don't know who his other match is against. So, um, and, and I guess we'll see how he performed. But the Suzuki match was tremendous. It was exactly what you wanted out of that match. So, well, looks like it'll be Suzuki Marafuji is what it's looking like. Um, so, I don't know, unless Tanaka sneaks in there or something. But it, it's not looking that way. What I thought was was kind of interesting, and going back to your point about Suzuki and Benjamin, is is I think that's also a pretty cool story to tell as well with the Suzuki gun. Maybe you know you have a little ripple in there where 
Shelton Benjamin sort of, I don't know if he's going to fully break free or whatever, but at least there's some sort of chink in the armor. Like, you know, they, they get to a point and Suzuki is obviously going to say, you know, hey, you know, this is me, you know, lay down, I'm the leader or whatever. And maybe you have something where, where Benjamin goes, no, you know, I've been on a pretty good streak here. I'm going to see what I can do or, you know, I want to break, you know, something like that is cool. I mean, maybe that's what you need to do in the interim until you kind of figure out what you're going to do with this and how this thing's going to blow up. But maybe you get a little tension in that you know that stable's just kind of been there they've all just been kind of been okay with with doing their thing for a long time and it might be kind of cool to get some guys in it you know i'm not saying that they're fully needs to break out or shelton needs to turn on them or anything like that but i think uh, you know a little bit of of inner you know stable feuding isn't isn't the worst thing in the world either mid card going through the motions shelton x benjamin going on a run in this tournament and facing suzuki uh for the right to win the block has no juice Cranky asshole Shelton Benjamin, who's tearing through people and working with, with, with some ferocity and working like a monster over the last month or so, going on a tear and facing Suzuki for the right to win the block has a ton of juice. And I'm looking forward to that. All right, uh, let's go to Dragon Gate here a little bit. We, uh, of course, are a little bit behind on Dragon Gate, but they have two big shows coming up here. Uh, the Gate of Destiny is actually going on, uh, I believe it's uh, tonight, it's on the first. Yeah, so so two nights from now. Um, Halloween night late here. In yes, America. and it's going to be alive on Nico Nico as well. So if you want to, uh, if you're high on candy and, and almond joys, then you can stay up late and watch it on Nico Nico live as well. You just have to buy your smiling points ahead of time. Make sure you. You know how to do that. I'm sure uh, Alan will have something on the uh, the Wrestling Observer main page because he does every single month when people complain that Nico Nico doesn't work for him. But he doesn't know our plight, though. I try. Like I, I'm, I feel like I'm a pretty good tech guy, and I Nico, it still stumps me. I, uh, like I hit the blue button when I'm supposed to hit the red button, and then it all goes to hell. So they won't take your credit card, right? I've given up months. You've given them like seven cards. I've given up a take, long time ago. Yeah. I just don't even bother anymore. Um, I don't want to deal with your smiling points. I don't want to deal with your time shifting. Um, so I just watch the shows illegally when they pop up with no shame whatsoever. Cause I tried, I tried, man. I try to pay for it. They won't take my money. What do you want me to do? Okay. We'll uh, move on. Get a destiny here uh, real quick. Big, kind of the big matches. I think we'll, we'll talk a little bit about uh, open the brave gate three-way championship. You have uh Tozawa Kotaku and uh, the dolphin man. He's no longer. What is this crap? What what is this name? Uh, what are you talking about? The, your your guy. Uh, he's not. He's like a dolphin. He's not. I I don't even know what this. How do I even pronounce this? What is this? Uh, Rich, I can't. I, I'm so far behind on Dragon Gate that I can't. I have no idea. Oh, you don't even know he's not even dolphin I guy don't anymore. Know anything that's going on in Dragon. Oh, you're the worst. I, what am I doing? I, I told I you I didn't want to preview this because we're gonna sound like uh, idiots. I should have called down. Well, now we sound like fucking idiots. So you're talking about fine. Naoki Tanizaki. Yeah, he's no longer Mr. Q. But I, I used to, I used to, I used to. That was a thing. Yes, I would, I would bump to you, and you'd, you'd rail it off in a second. Now, you know, uh, yeah, that skill. What are you going to do with that skill now? You never can use that. And again. I don't have many skills. So I, that's yeah, I mean, that's like that's one you had. I mean, you were, I'd, I'd say Joe Dolphin Man, and you boom. I, right. I, this is like one of the three things in the world I'm good at, and it's been taken <laughs> away from going. me. So you're right. I don't know what I'm going to do. Uh, rattling off Naoki Tanazaki just doesn't have the same. What is that? Yeah, I don't know who is that. I don't even care. I don't care. But no, anyway, that's a open the Brave Gate through your championship match. Uh, open the Triangle Gates. You have Shima Don Fuji Gamma versus Jimmy Susumu, uh, Jimmy Kainas, and then Ryoto uh, Jimmy Saito. So. Rio Jimmy Saito, sorry. Got that. So open the Twin Gate Championship, Yamato Roki Doi, uh, Yoshino T-Hawk, and then the main event, open the Dream Gate Championship, Shingo versus Mochizuki. So that should be a pretty fun one. I'm told the Shingo Don Fuji match was tremendous. That is fun. Yeah, you you of all people enjoyed it. Oh, so you that saw one. that? Yes, I did. 
I've been trying to keep up. I, uh, I'm a little bit behind on some of the stories. I got some of them. I don't know what happened. There was like, you know, we, we go through this all the time where, where I took about a month off and I was watching other stuff and then I'm trying to catch up and it's like, you see these guys and now this guy's hair's dyed red and this guy's in this unit and you're like, what the fuck had? So I've had to go back and reread or whatever. So I'm, I'm going to try to catch up at the end of this month and sort of get back with the stories and all that sort of stuff. Cause you, you get out, you know, you're done in a month in Dragon Gate, you lose a lot of the nuance. You lots. You can't just jump in. You can't just jump in and say, oh, here's, you know, Monday Ryu versus whoever and click them. You're not going to have any clue what's going because, on. Like, because just... let's face it, it's it's the most well-booked promotion in the world. But And you want to know that stuff. You don't want to just watch matches out of context. Yes. It's, 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 it's so much deeper than that that doing that does a disservice to it. The rub of being such a well-booked promotion is there's a lot going on and there's a lot of moving parts and there's, like you said, you don't want to watch out of context. You want to be caught up. So when I fall behind on Dragon Gate, I kind of get depressed about it. And I don't why it takes me a while to get back in because I'm like, ugh, I got so much to watch. You know, it's like I heard the Summer Adventure Tag League uh, finals were excellent. And, and I'm just so far behind. And, it, and at this point, I'm just going to have to go back and watch main events. So I'm not going to watch any other cards because I, I just don't have time. I am under such a pile of wrestling that I, I, I'm, at, I'm at that point. And it happens to all of us from time to time. Where I legitimately don't think I'm going to be able to catch up this time, and I'm going to have to cut some stuff out. I, I, I because I'm never going to catch up. I'm, I'm way behind. I'm, You're just going to have to stop and just have a day and just not watch anything, and then say, okay, everything now from here on out. I'm, I'm yes, gonna. and that annoys and just, me. Just, just hand wave everything else and go. Okay, I don't, I don't. Sorry. Yes. I, October, you're dead to me. I don't know anything that happened in October. Okay, let's jump. Like, and that drives me nuts because it's like this OCD thing where you have to. You know what I mean? Is like I haven't seen any All Japan at all in the longest time. I haven't seen any Dragon Gate. I'm just so far behind. I can't get through these bowl of shows. Every time I try to watch them, something comes up. It's just, I just, I can't catch up. So I, I, I wish I can give people better insight to this gate of destiny show. I have no idea what's going on in dragon gate. I'm glad to see that a lot of these champions who I've been enjoying are still the champions though, because I think the triangle gate uh, team of, of Shima, Don Fuji and gamma has been a tremendous triangle gate team. Yes. I think the Yamato doi uh, twin gate uh, championship team has been a tremendous team. And uh, I like Shingo with the bad attitude. Always has. Shingo's been great. Shingo's been, uh, of all the things I've watched, he's really, I, I, and I've always been a big Shingo guy, but I know a lot of people weren't, but I think this run, uh, a lot of people I've, I've noticed that weren't big Shingo fans are, are starting to kind of, they're enjoying it. They're enjoying this run, and there's no reason not to enjoy this run. He's, he's been great. I couldn't even tell you who's in the units these days. I, I'm, I'm completely lost. The units are a little wild these days I, right now. You got to, you know, got the new one, or are, are you, do, do you know anything about, what is it, Ver? Berserk? Are you, are you caught yeah, up on Berserk? I'm familiar with the okay. units and, and sort of who's in them. But and the sumos, which we're going to talk about here in a sec, are just the jimmies as as sumo wrestlers. Right. With their, with their creative sumo names. So. Well, here's the thing. If you laid out the roster on like index cards and had me place them into the current units. It'd be tough, yeah. For the first time in years, I'd get a bunch of them wrong. I, 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 I'm, I'm that far behind. I really don't know what's going on. So... Um, I guess I'm going to have to watch at least the Shingo Don Fuji match and at least the summer mm-hmm. adventure tag league stuff before I watch this show. And I'm going to have to just bite the bullet and, and just accept that I'm never going to watch the rest. I think I'm going to have to do what you just said and just accept it and just cut it. Just out. stop. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually, I've, I've watched bits and pieces, but I'm going to kind of just chill out and then I'm just going to watch this and sort of read the stuff and then pick up. This is where I'm going to pick up again. So there you go. And this time I mean it. <laughs> I'm a changed man. Dragon gate, please. Okay, now obviously this all-out war show on the sixth. It's a uh, another Nico Nico live show 
on uh, in Cork and Hall on the sixth, and that's the main event, of course, of the Sumos versus Berserk and an all-out war thing. And the Sumos, of course, are just the Jimmies, and Berserk is the is the somewhat newer unit. Of course, yeah, like I said, we're not going to get into deep detail because we're just we're just not caught up, unfortunately. So there's just too much to do, too much in life, too much all the other stuff. So unfortunately, something has to has to go to the wayside. So. Um, Real quickly, we want to do questions here, and we're going to do those in a sec, but uh, any thoughts on this Young Bucks exclusive contract with Ring of Honor, even though it's not exclusive and it's, it's not even exclusive to the United States? Uh, they're still going to be able to work PWG and presumably, of course, still going to be able to work New Japan and that sort of stuff. So and more importantly, not they, they retained rights to their, to their merch. Right, but right. This is a great deal for the Young Bucks. Oh, yeah. I mean, we, we knew financially this was the best move for them. They would have been nuts to go to NXT. If this was the deal they had on the table, because let's let's break it down piece by piece. They got what is reportedly the most lucrative Ring of Honor contract in the history of the company. OK, so they got a great deal from Ring of Honor. They get to retain the rights to their to their uh, which having gone to shows. That's a good investment. I mean, people a lot of people are there because they're Young Bucks fans like they're 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 a draw. I mean, they are an absolute 100 percent draw. Young and Bucks that's, that's, are legitimate draws. There's yeah. no question about it. They retained the rights to their uh, to their merchandise, which is probably the biggest key to all of this. They retained their ability to work for PWG, which is obviously very important to them and what they consider their 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 home promotion. And they are able to re up for another year with New Japan, which is their steady their most steady paycheck. And now they've got two of those. Now that they've got this lucrative Ring of Honor deal, I mean. They got everything. It's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. They got everything they could have wanted. Uh, the NXT move would have been a risk. I think they would have gotten over. I think they would have done well. I think all of those things, but you never know. And they wouldn't have been able to – they would have lost rights to their merchandise. They wouldn't have been able to supplement their income with New Japan. They wouldn't be able to work PWG, which is clearly something that they enjoy. Uh, so this was a no-brainer. I don't see a counter-argument. For them, yeah, especially, and these these are guys, especially too. Another thing that's important as well is that, yeah, maybe a lot of these fans, you know, or a lot of wrestlers or whatever, will chase that WWE dream or whatever, all that sort of stuff. These guys got legit families. I mean, I, every single time, every single week on Twitter, it seems like they're popping out new kids. On, you know, I see every picture they ever post is one of the two brothers, you know, having a new child or whatever. I mean, that's when you look at the financials. The difference between okay, hey, up move, move everybody to Winter Park, Florida. Let's stay in an apartment. Let's do this sort of stuff. And yeah, like who knows what could have happened with them? And maybe long term, the WWE thing would be better. But I mean, in, when you look at this, you know, this peak right now, this whatever it's going to be, if it's going to go for another two or three years or five years, you know, as a max or whatever, this is the way you're going to maximize your, your your income is is doing this sort of stuff and have the most fun too. I mean, they look like they're just having a blast doing what they're doing. They have the freedom by pretty much every company to do whatever they want to do. They're in a perfect situation. Like if you really think of it as it as a performer, that's not just chasing the sort of dream that you had as a kid. As a wrestler, this uh, can you think of a more golden deal in your life? No, they, than to get paid to do what the young bucks do. They get the perfect and get paid deal. handsomely to do they what the they do. Deal. Nobody cares what they do. They say go out there and they have they can do whatever they want. They got the perfect deal. They got they got everything they could want. And the merch. Like, that's ridiculous. Like, you, you really people don't understand how big of a deal that is. Now, they can't work indies anymore. The only other place they're allowed to work in North America is PWG. But – But, that, you know, that's fine. But, you know, they, they, they're making up all that money on the other end with this new Ring of Honor deal. So, you know, you can see why they did that. And now they don't have to go through this, this grind and this hustle every weekend of flying all over the country, which is really what burned you out more than doing indie takers. You know what I mean? It's just constantly getting on and off airplanes and the travel. And the grind. Yeah, sitting on a plane for four hours does more damage to your body than doing a flip, 
you know, taking the three rope, flights yeah. in the span of two days, it, yeah. th- that's what burns you out. So, you know, this was just I, it's a no brainer to me and WWE will always be there. And I think at some point they will end up there when they get when their bodies really start feeling it and they're tired of doing indie takers and Meltzer drivers, which stuff they're not going to be allowed to do in WWE anyway. And they're ready to work a safer style and get that, you know, comfy paycheck. And when their kids are maybe a little bit older and, you know, something that's always resonated with me was when I heard an interview with them with Brian Alvarez, and I forget whether it was Nick or Matt. And he said, you know, NXT doesn't appeal to me because, you know, I just bought a house in California. Yeah, you know, right. I, and that's what I said. Yeah, let's okay, guys, let's uproot and live in an apartment in Winter Park. Yeah, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, well, and, he, and he flat out said, you know, it doesn't the idea of, of moving, uh, you know, all the way across the country. When I'm a California guy, I live in California. I own a home in California. I'm making decent money now. I have a nice life. Why would I uproot my family to move across the country? You know, he's like, maybe, you know, they never completely write it off. They never completely write off WWE. And how can you? But right now. They would have been fools not to take this deal that they were offered. It's a sweetheart deal. It really is the perfect deal. They got everything they ever could have wanted. Well, what's cool also is Ring of Honor now can maybe then have a little bit of, uh, uh, you know, they have a little bit of security now, knowing that Young Bucks are kind of, you know, unless it's a New Japan show, they're they're pretty much, they're theirs. You know, they're theirs to do stuff with. So it'll be interesting to see what, if they do a little bit more, if they maybe capitalize on this a little bit more, or if they just have them be the kind of the fun, happy-go-lucky young bucks or whatever, which is, I don't mean that, I'm not saying like a gimmick change or break them up or that sort of stuff, but I mean, you can do maybe a little bit more with that. Maybe you can, I, I don't know exactly what you do, but there's 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 potential there that now that you're, you're secure and you can you can date this out, you know, months in advance and really get stuff going and really get good, you know, built matches around them. I mean, they become the face of your company in a lot of ways, yeah, which is, yeah, is absolutely. good too. Yeah, The Lizard Man can definitely uh, book them out in advance instead of just, have, right now they're just kind of thrown on the poster yes. and then yeah okay they're they're the young bucks are going to be here so come and watch them do you know super kicks to people now you can really build something up with them if you really want yeah, to yeah, absolutely and 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 they will be feature acts there's no question yeah oh yeah i mean they, 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 they look ring of honor clearly perceives them to be the biggest draws in the company because they gave them the most money and they gave them everything they could have wanted who else in that company would get that kind of deal where they retain the rights to their own merchandise and get to work in pwg and get to work in nobody so, you know, it, it's – they clearly view them as, as, as their top stars, and they're probably going to be pushed as such at some point. Match of the Month is underway at Voices of Wrestling. This is your chance to make your voice heard on the best matches of October. Get to VoicesOfWrestling.com today to vote. Also on the website right now are this week's TV reviews, from Raw and SmackDown to Impact Wrestling and ROH. Get your TV reviews at VoicesOfWrestling.com. You can subscribe to the VOW Podcast Network on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Downcast, and more. Visit the website for links to brand new flagship podcasts, the New Japan Procast, and Shake Them Ropes. If you're shopping on Amazon this holiday season, consider helping out the website at no extra cost to you by shopping through our Amazon affiliate link. The link can be found at voicesofwrestling.com slash Amazon. It'll take you to the website where you can shop just like normal, but help out the website at the same time. WWE Shop has brand new shirts from Alberto Del Rio, Kevin Owens, Brock Lesnar, Finn Balor, and more. Plus, right now at voicesofwrestling.com slash WWE Shop, save 30% on all sweatshirts, hoodies, and long sleeve tees. That's voicesofwrestling.com slash WWE Shop. Enjoy the podcast. And we'll see you back at VoicesOfWrestling.com. All right, do you want to get some of these questions here? Yeah, let's bang them out. All right, let's do this. All right, this comes from Andrew Rich. He's a 
Voice Wrestling staff members, uh, columnist here. He says, based on the recent Friar Pro podcast, which is the podcast done by Brian Rose, who's also a colleague of us, um, uh, what are your favorite and not-so-favorite songs in wrestling? So I think, uh, I guess, uh, entrance music. Favorite and not-so-favorite entrance music. Hmm. It's a tough one. That that one needs a little bit more, <laughs> like... I did not read these ahead of time, so... I like entrance music that fits the character. That that means a lot to me. Mm-hmm. I liked CM Punk's first song better than Cult of Personality. His first WWE song. Yeah, the, the Kill Switch Engage Everyone's going to jump on me. This fire, yeah, I'm with you too. I'm with you on that, that so don't that, worry. That, I thought, was a better 